915 to H-Town, from the Panhandle Plains to the Valley, and everywhere in between. This is the 5050 Podcast, powered by College Promoters USA. Join me, Hector Cano, as we cover the Texas high school club and college soccer landscape, along with an inside look at the college soccer recruiting scene. The 5050 Podcast is a platform about the people and for the people who are dedicated to the beautiful game. Here we go. It's another edition of Inside Texas High School Soccer. Proud to be joined by, I'm your your uh, your host, Coach, I forgot my name there for a second, Coach Hector Cano, joined <laughs> by our lovely co-hosts here, the uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi of Texas High School Soccer, Mr. Rafa, Coach Rafa Castorena, as well as Coach Steve Sanchez, our newest member, family member, and contributor of the 5050 Podcast. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you. How's Thank you. you doing all right? Doing great, doing great. Before I forget, I kick it back over to you guys. Just want a reminder: we are powered by our, <clears throat> excuse me, powered by our proud partners, College Promoters USA. They are America's premier college prep program and high school student athlete marketing service since 1997. Located locally here in the San Antonio area, you can find them in the Ventura Plaza Shopping Center. But you can also find them on social media on Twitter at SATX Recruiting, as well as on Instagram at College Promoters USA. And you can also get more information on what they're about on their website at collegepromotersusa.com. So, Steve, doing well. Games, you you did, what, three games yesterday? Is that right? Refresh my memory? Yeah, so I did a few uh, rounds around San Antonio, well, mainly on the northwest side. But um, from here, first I went out to uh, Medina Valley in Castroville, Texas, to go check out Medina Valley boys versus uh, Eagle Pass win. And, a uh, good game by by both teams. I think uh, both teams actually made the playoffs, um, but it was you know there's also other games involved that uh, you know right. to differentiate uh, that that district let, let things play out. So um, going into that game, it was pretty much a must win for both teams. Um, but Medina Valley took the uh, took the two zero edge in the first half, and that's the way it ended. So. Um, then I uh, went over to Ferris and, and caught the last part of the um, Brandeis and Reagan uh, soccer soccer match, the, the boys match, which uh, when I got there, Brandeis was up 1-0 and um, uh, Reagan wound up earn, earning a, a penalty kick very late in that match to, uh, to uh, draw the score at 1-1. So, um, you know. That one, I don't. I think it had a little bit of uh, seeding uh, implications. Uh, it did actually, um, but um, but yeah, it wound up being a draw. And then um, earlier in the day, uh, the Reagan and Brandeis girls had also tied two to two as yeah. as well. So um, and I think that uh, wound up ending the season for for Brandeis. I think they needed a a, a three point result on that uh, as far as getting the win. Um, but it wound up being a draw. So, yeah, made my made my rounds yesterday. So uh, it was fun. Yeah, a lot of the frequent flyer miles, huh? And oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> it kind of had like a final group stage game in the World Cup, right? Where you had you're kind of tracking multiple games going on. So pretty cool stuff. Great stuff. So yeah, it's the uh, most wonderful time of the year for <laughs> <laughs> right, us Texas right. high school nerds, right. high school soccer nerds. Rafa, what's going on, buddy? Not much. Had a I had a drive to Victoria yesterday. I had to take care of some things, some computer issues and some travel stuff. But 
made it back. Joined the the big win today. I'm at Madrid over Liverpool, so adios, Klopp. So I guess you got to cancel those reservations in Istanbul. <laughs> you know, I was gonna say you've probably other than when maybe you're wearing a a fifty fifty pod shirt, maybe you this is probably your second most handsome you've looked with that uh, with that jersey <laughs> you got there. So, <clears throat> although hey, you know Liverpool is my second team, so I won't cheer as much. I'll do like Ronaldo and just you know. Won't uh, won't cheer as loud, but uh, but yeah. So on today's show, um, very excited. We got a lot going on today. Gonna have uh, you know we're gonna go. <clears throat> excuse me. We're gonna go over the final unveiling of or the unveiling, I should say, of the final RPI, the Rafa Power Index, uh, the top fifteen pound for pound, regardless of classification, on both the boys and girls side. We got game balls to go over, team st- team sticker awards, as well as we're gonna kind of do a. Uh, not a super deep dive because that's that'll be coming next week. We'll talk about that later. But uh, state playoffs overview where we'll talk a little bit. <clears throat> we'll talk a little bit mainly of just some maybe some matchups that are intriguing us that might intrigue us. Some teams that might intrigue us. Power whether it's powers, underdogs, teams to look out for, dark horses. Um, as we all know, <clears throat> the last two years, but particularly last year, the by district round uh, was absolute chaos in the state playoffs. So. Will we see more of that or will it kind of be more chalk? So, but before we do any of that, going to go ahead and bring in our special, special guest joining us today. He is the, uh, the head man, the man in charge of the 25 5A district champions, the head man soccer coach of the Leander Rouse Raiders, right? Uh, coach Daryl Knight. Coach Knight, how are you, sir? Doing great, guys. Appreciate y'all having me on. And you finally got it right. It's Rouse and Raiders together. So, yeah. uh, stuff. well, first of all, I resent finally. Okay. Because I've been getting it right for a long time. Just somehow I just, it was, uh, I don't know why I made you guys rebels the last time. It just, I didn't even realize I was saying it. So, I've been getting it right for the most part. So, got to get that one in there because I know you were going to get me back. But so I had to point that out. But appreciate you. Thank you for being here, coach. And uh, so, hey, right off the bat, congratulations, District 25 5A champions. How's that feel? You know, it feels great. The guys, uh, you know, coming off of last year's, you know, I'm upsetting uh, Lawson PKs. They had a mission right. to, to go after the first goal ball, and that's to win a district championship. And so to go back to back uh, is such a, a tribute to the hard work and uh, commitment that, that my guys have put in. Um, and it's all, all credit to those guys. They, they set a goal, went after it, and were so consistent throughout the year that they were able to lock that in um, with two matches to go. Um, and so it takes a lot of the pressure off in the last week and, uh, it's been real, been real, real great. Yeah. So back, back to back district titles kind of dissect those for us a little bit in terms of, you know, each one is its own. We know that every team has, is its own team, its own personality, what have you as coaches, but was what's different this year from last year. Does it feel different? Was it, you know, no disrespect to any opponents, but th- was this one harder or did it feel easier? What's different about this year compared to last year? Um, well, I mean, obviously, when you go through a 14-game tournament, consistency is is definitely the, the big word, I think everybody says, because right. anybody can be beat on any Tuesday and Friday night. And then, of course, you have the ice storm that kind of always mixes things up where you have three or four games in a five-, six-day period. Um, so it's the team that can withstand those types of uh, mental and physical battles that, that usually comes out on top. Um, last year, we had some big physical matches with Georgetown Eastview and with Georgetown. Um, so not having those four, I would say, physical um, matches was definitely good this year. Um, but that's no discredit to, to our hard, tough right. district that we're in. Again, this season, um, 
you know, it took some long times to, to, to get a one zero win multiple times. Um, Landon and Hayes were really good about, you know, um, you know, staying behind the ball and really kind of making us work to score. But we were able to come away with those one nil victories, which really was the big difference in and um, and whether you're fighting for the last two games to get a district title or you secure it with a few matches to go. Right. So, you know, back in <clears throat> back in November, we had the uh, we had the honor of having you on our on our show back in November at the uh, the Tasco convention. And um, when you look back to what maybe your your frame of mind was at that point, getting ready to start the season, go into the season versus now. Was it was it anything like what you expected? Did it play out differently or was it? Or, you know, how, how different was that in terms of what you were thinking going into the season when we last spoke to now? I mean, obviously, you, you know, you want to go undefeated. You know, you go into a season, you're like, we want to win every match. And we lost our first one. And that was kind of an eye-opening, humbling experience for my guys right out at the Governor's right. Cup, first game, 9 a.m. And we didn't get off the bus. Um, and it kind of woke up a, uh, a reality to that we've got to show up and work hard for all of those results. Um, and so from then on, they kind of took it. You know, as a personal mission to to show up each match, um, for the most part, and and continue to to fight for those three points each time to grow in the non district, um, and they've just been very hungry, and and they don't like to lose, and they really don't like to tie either, and so that right. uh, is really a testament to to how hard they work for eighty minutes each match. So, did you feel? I mean, obviously, it was extremely early in the season, but did you feel like that was right out right out of the gate? Was that the immediate turning point in the season, right then and there? Uh, yeah, honestly, it was. I mean, we had, for the most part, I felt dominated that first match versus Cedar Ridge. But, you know, I had a coach come up to me at halftime when we were going in uh, there in Georgetown and says, Coach, you guys are playing great. I said, yeah, we're down 2-0. I think the scoreboard was not working at the time. Um, so it was frustrating to, to be playing well but not get get the, you know, the, put it in the back of the net. And then they just kind of turned the corner. You know, after that, we beat, you know, we beat three district champions. I just looked at that earlier. You know, in our non-district schedule, we looked, you know, with Salado and College Station and Waco, they all are, are district champions in their own right. And so we were able to kind of put it on some good teams, even though at the time no one kind of knew who was good and who wasn't. Um, and so just kind of looking back, it's like, you know what, they kind of came out uh, out the gate with uh, with a lot of fire and, and execution. Yeah. Don't beat yourself up too much because I think I think the scoreboard wasn't working in a lot of my games as well this season. So don't, uh, <laughs> don't beat yourself up too much. Um, Tell us a little bit, what's the uh, the personality of this team, you know, your boys this year, this squad? Um, tell us a little bit more. Not, we don't, obviously, we don't, we're not necessarily highlighting specific key players, role players, what have you today, but just in terms of the makeup, the characteristics, the personality of this team, what, how would you describe them? You know, this is probably the most talented group that I've had. They are very much senior led and they've got some dynamic players through the midfield and up front that are extremely hard matchups for anyone. Um, Earlier in the year, I call him the maestro, Ryan Clanton. Um, he was injured coming off an injury from the, from the offseason. Um, and as he slowly got integrated through the non-district, it really just lit up um, opportunities for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've got a goal scorer and Carlos Manzano that has 27 goals on the year. He broke his own record in 21 with right. about halfway through district. Um, and so you just kind of saw a different gear that he was able to put in and with the couple guys that are around him um, to continue to feed him. I remember you were, you were big on him back in November when we spoke, you were very big on him. So, uh, so kudos, kudos to your boys as well. Um, so now 25, five, a what's, what has that been like? Obviously a different district from last year, right? Um, what has that been like the characteristic, the makeup, 
What has that been like for you this year playing the, the week in and week out, the grind of playing in 25-5A? How would you describe that? I mean, we, you know, I want to give a special shout out to Leander ISD because we swept the top four um, playoff spots, um, that being us, Leander Glenn, uh, Cedar Park, and Leander High School. Yeah, Leander, yeah. And so that was, a, that was a unique opportunity to where we saw on the boys' side where we, we kind of swept the playoff spots. Um, and so just like in a lot of districts, these guys grow up playing with each other. They're on the same club teams. You know, there's an intermatch, whether whatever year um, that they are in club. And so it creates some both friendly and um, intense rivalries. And so when you have three or four of those throughout a year, that's eight games that, you know, there's a whole right. lot of personal pride on the line. Yeah. Um, whereas if you're playing somebody across the town, maybe you might know one or two, um, but it creates some uh, an atmosphere and it creates a little bit of a, a fire each game. So you got to show up and, and your big players got to step up and make mm -hmm. plays. And so, We've had a few of their guys make plays on us, and obviously a lot of our guys have really can you know contributed some big moments this this district. You know, obviously your regular season is pretty much wrapped up. Your district, you know, district slate is pretty much is over. But would you say in that group that you particularly mentioned, being Leander ISD, do you have a definitive um, a definitive rival, one that maybe stands out from the rest? You know, I get asked that question all the time, and yeah. we're. You know, Leander's the first, the original, uh, and then Cedar Park opened, and then we opened, and then Glenn. Um, so we've, we're kind of three, two new guys and two old guys. Mm -hmm. um, but honestly, we want to beat all of them. Um, the, the Leander one has been the oldest one for us. Us and Coach Gerard have, have played every year that we've been at, in existence since we opened in 2008. And then, you know, Glenn came on after that. Uh, and then obviously we've can, you know been in the district with Cedar Park so much. Um, so I'd say probably Leander first, just because they're, mm -hmm. they're closest to us across the railroad tracks, but they're all within 10 miles, um, just right around the corner next door to us here in Leander. Yeah. Thank you. Very diplomatic answer. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> Thanks coach. So now we look forward, right? We look forward. So obviously you got district certifications less than a week away, playoffs kick off a couple of days later. Um, tell us what does that preparation look like between now and then? Uh, who, you know, who you have next, who do you have to prepare for? How do you, how do you tackle that? Uh, we schedule, we've had a few trainings this week and that's just what I call to keep the knife sharp. Um, mm -hmm. And we wrapped up district on Friday and then, you know, we try to get as many guys that are in town and around to get together um, to continue to move forward. We don't want to take the break to take any steps back, um, get healthy if we're, if we're nursing any injuries. Um, it's a good time for that. And it's, it's a good time for kids to be kids. You know, it's been a long time since December when we started um, as we play through the Christmas break. Spring break's a good time to kind of take a mental and physical break. Um, we'll have, a, you know, a lot of guys schedule playoff warm up matches next week. Um, and then you're you're going full steam ahead towards your first round opponent. And for us, that'll be uh, New Braunfels Canyon uh, on next Friday um, at Rouse. Yeah. Awesome. Great stuff. So I got one more question for you, coach, before we let you go. But before that, I want to kick it over to my co-hosts here to to either to Rafa and or Steve, if either one of them just had any 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 questions, anything in mind for you. Yeah, I got a question. So, uh, Coach, um, congratulations on y'all's season. Uh, you know, that's a pretty remarkable record y'all put together. Um, uh, comparing to last year's run to the regional quarterfinals, what – uh, I guess in regard to last year's run, what uh, did you take out of that run in the playoffs that, you know, you might um, think about doing this year? 
Well, uh, I'd say the biggest thing that we've done differently is we we do penalty kicks every day. When your season ends in penalties versus the state finalist, uh, yeah. you, know, you 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 don't want to ever be in that situation again. You know, I have nightmares and replays with the ball hitting the post and overtime and different things like that. But um, I would just say, you know, trying to lean on those guys that have been through, you know, the seniors led that, you know, they were in that last year. Um, they've been through it. They've, they've had those wins by district and, uh, and, you know, the different levels at that point. And just continue to stay hungry and hungle, humble that every game now from this point forward, um, you know, could be their last. And so there's no overlooking anybody and it's, and it's they got to show up and execute. Um, they're just, they were really upset. And as they, you know, they, they were mm -hmm. to watch a team that you lose to go all the way. It's difficult to, to anytime lose, but to continue to see that team, the coulda, woulda, shouldas are always there. Um, right. but it's got to fire in them for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Rafa, you got anything, buddy? Yeah. Coach Knight, um, looking forward to the playoffs. Is there any one team that you have your eye on that you may see that may be, be a challenge to, to get to Georgetown in, in the state tournament? You know, I think, unfortunately, I'm probably going to give you the coach answer, which is you, know, <laughs> you, look, you, you can't look past anyone, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, our first-round opponent in Canyon is a quality side. Coach Rush has been there a long time. He's been in the postseason many times. Um, so we're not going to look past any opponent. We're going we're gonna to stay focused, Zoom focused on the first opponent, uh, see who wins the other match, and just continue to, to, to tick that way. There's some other strong teams in the region. I mean, you can't deny Southwest and the different other teams that, that show a, right. a very dominant record. Um, and that have been highly ranked throughout the year. Um, but we're definitely not going to look towards, you know, that far down the road. We're going to look to see who's right in front of us. Um, with Dripping Springs going to 6A, that would have been my answer last year because they were the one that knocked <laughs> us out two years ago. Um, but for now, we're going to go ahead and say focus on New Braunfels Canyon and uh, right. and, and to uh, take pride in our home field next Friday for sure. And run us through that one more time, Coach. So you have we know you have New Braunfels Canyon at home next Friday. Uh, what time? What time is that at? Our match is at 7.30. We've got a doubleheader with our girls. Our girls, um, you know, shout out to them, also one district. Um, and so that's the first time in our school's history that both the boys and the girls have, have nice. brought, home, brought home the titles, which is really awesome. Um, and they will host uh, Burning Champion girls at 5.30, um, yeah. just preceding us. And so a big night, uh, we call Rouse House um, next Friday night. And so it should be some, uh, some great soccer put on display there at, uh, in Leander. Good deal. And one final question before we go. Got to put you on the spot here a little bit, but, uh, you know, it wouldn't be uh, you and I talking without me putting you on the spot to some extent. Right, coach? Of course. Um, so finish this uh, finish this sentence for me is the 2022-2023 season for the Rouse Boys soccer program will be a success if. If we get to regionals, because that's the hurdle that um, we, we haven't been able to get to in our program. You know, I think the big answer is to win state. But I think um, setting a new bar each year with this group right. is definitely, a, you know, a, a great goal, first and foremost. And so winning district was the first goal. Uh, and then now just continuing uh, to get to Brownsville, which is way, way down south for us uh, to get to Brownsville uh, in April is what we're, we're looking forward to with the chance to uh, to try to put in some work to go far. Gotcha. Awesome. Coach, this has been great. We really appreciate you joining us. And before we let you go, any any thank yous, shout outs, any any mentions, anything you'd like to share with us? You know, I want to shout out my assistant coach, Coach Hop. He uh, he's done a great job. Um, came up one one result less to, to win district championship for both levels for varsity. 
Uh, shout out mm -hmm. Coach Elrod, our girls coach, is his first year taking over the program. He's won district. I told him they don't always come so fast, um, but yeah, our girls yeah. worked really hard. Um, you know, they, they wanted me to give you a hard time that they weren't mentioned the last time on the show that there were some fifth or sixth place teams with a shout out in 25-5A and they weren't mentioned. And so uh, just the extra little motivation that you gave them uh, to go, go ahead and take home the trophy. Uh, and then just shout out Leander ISD for continuing, uh, you know, to show up and uh, to sweep our area. And I think uh, 25-5A is going to make a lot of noise uh, in, in the postseason. Hopefully we can have a couple couple of third matchups with uh, in the third round. Uh, yeah in the playoffs for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Hey, appreciate you being here. And, uh, anytime we can uh, motivate and inspire any program, that's, that's always a good thing. Right. So appreciate your time. He is coach Daryl Knight, the head men's soccer coach of the Leander Rouse boys Raiders. All right. Got to get that in there. Right. Coach. Yes, sir. I appreciate uh, you guys. Go Raiders. Yeah. Appreciate luck, you coach. coach. Have a good one. Thank you for joining Thanks. us. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, gents thoughts. Yeah, no, very cool. He's, yeah, good, he's, dude. Uh, good dude, really good guy, really good guy. He looks determined and ready for the run. Yeah, he's got, his, uh, got his game face on, got the uh, all the coach speak, the diplomatic answers, but no, nah, he's, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that'd be inter interesting how, you know, how far they go. Like I said, they're probably the one of the favorites to get out of the no region. Doubt. But okay. you got also have to look at other teams. Like you mentioned, they're going to Brownsville. You got to look at Brownsville Porter, who's also a, a very hungry team. They got knocked out by Dripping Springs last year, so that that'll be an interesting mm -hmm. matchup for a regional final if they if they meet up. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that psyche plays right with their um, within their their program as far as with Dripping Springs not being there right this year, making that move up to six A. <clears throat> But yeah, he's, you know, Coach Daryl Knight has done tremendous work there at, uh, you know, there at Rouse and, uh, you know, back to back district titles and a shout out there as well to their girls program. Right. So making some history there. First time both programs take take districts. So kudos to both of them. So. All right. That's going to do it uh, again. Special thanks to uh, Coach Daryl Knight for joining us. Rafa, my man, you are up the final, the unveiling of the final RPI of the regular season. And uh, go ahead, tell us a little bit for maybe some of our new listeners. Rafa, go ahead, tell us a little bit of the background, the RPI, what it consists of, what it's about. While I go ahead and bring this up, so this is a pound for pound by top fifteen teams in the state, regardless of classification from four A to six A. Uh, but I, I did I want a little special today because I'm gonna uh, not only have an extra five, but I also have another five that, that I'm gonna talk about. But uh, just to, uh, just to say a little disclaimer on this, these three were done a day before any results. So so if there are any results mm -hmm. from last night, that won't reflect on it. This is like I said, but still, I think these are like, so to me, these are the pound for pound teams at the end of the regular season going into the, into the playoffs. Yeah, there are. I'm glad you said that because I was going to plug that in there. There are, there are some results in here that are updated from, uh, from either late Monday or yesterday, but not all results reflect from yesterday. So, because at the time when we had done this, this was this was as of late uh, late Monday, <clears throat> late well, relatively late Monday. Uh, so you will see some some uh, records may not be one hundred percent accurate in terms of win totals. So, all right, so we'll go through these. Let's go through these uh, five at a time, Rafa, and we'll go ahead and dissect them. Well, the top five hasn't really changed <laughs> since the, the last two times. Like I said, we still have Salt Lake Carroll at number one, 25 and 0. 
but right behind them, you have Salina, probably the top, uh, the favorite for 4A girls, uh, 21 and 0. Uh, Wiley East, like I said, undefeated uh, season. Keep an eye out on them for the playoffs. Uh, number four, we have Swinson Valley, who also finished uh, undefeated. Congratulations to them. Uh, one of the favorites for Region 4. And then at number five, probably the, the best girls team in the Houston area is Katie Seven Lakes. They're at 19 0 2. Yeah. Yeah. So really, these, uh, I don't think these these pretty much remain the, the exactly the same, right? These top five here, if I'm not they mistaken. They changed a little bit. A little no, bit. These top five. I'm talking about the top five. Yeah. The yeah. Top five the, maybe the last, the last two weeks have been the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, yeah. So, you know, big. Sh- obviously, South Lake Carroll and, Sal- and Salina have distinguished themselves in a just totally different category, right? Um, you've been very big on Wiley East, uh, and they just quietly have, and really not qu- too quiet at this point, but kind of quietly have just been in there consistently throughout Smithson Valley. I guess you can really make the argument that no huge surprise there in. Uh, what Coach Jason Atkins has done there for his girls in their first year, making the transition down to 5A. I know he has a ton of seniors in that group. Uh, thoughts on uh, on this first five here, uh, Steve? Yeah, so there was a little bit of a shakeup, not too drastic. One, two, three stayed the same. It looks like Smithson Valley went from six, they moved up to fourth. So they kind of bumped down, bumped down Katie Seven Lakes and, and, uh, San Antonio Taft as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, Smithson Valley is in a extremely difficult district uh, here around the San Antonio area, you know, with teams like Piper and New Braunfels Canyon, uh, Bernie Champion, I believe, as well. So, um, you know, for them to go unblemished, uh, that, you know, that's, uh, I think that's why they're up there at number four, you know, and I think yeah. that's the top 5A classification team that you have on here because Wiley East and Salinas 4A. 4A. And South Lake is 5A. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, South Lake is 6A, Salinas 4A, Wiley East is 6A. So yeah, that would be the mm-hmm. highest 5A team on here. So mm-hmm. um but yeah, you know, uh the second season starts now. So we'll see yeah. what happens. There we go. All right, Rafa, go ahead and take us through uh six through ten there. So six, I have uh, San Antonio Taft at 19.01. So also congratulations to them for winning the district title for 28, uh, for 29.6A. And then I have Flavermont Marcus, uh, then Cy Bridgeland, and then Georgetown finished undefeated in their district. And then at number 10, um, probably one of my favorites going into Georgetown for 40 girls is the Bernie, Bernie, uh, Bernie, the Bernie Lady Greyhounds at 20 and 2. Yeah. Um... So not a big, you know, Taft having arguably, well, really not even arguably, right, their best season, the girls having their best season in 20 years. <clears throat> and then, you know, Marcus, Marcus is Marcus. They've been they've been steady in there. Uh, you know, Cy Bridgeland, they've been consistent as well. Georgetown has made a huge, huge leap, right? And you go back, what, I think it was just maybe two, I think three, three RPIs back. Three RPIs back, they weren't even in, not even in the next five ends, so... Kudos to them sitting there at 20 and three. And then the Bernie, Bernie girls who, you know, coach uh, Jeremy Shannon, just doing tremendous work with them. It feels like, you know, they, no disrespect to any of their district opponents, but they made every, you know, in a extremely tough, you know, district, they just really separated themselves uh, from the pack. So shout out to them as well, Steve. Yeah. So, uh, 
you know, this is a, a, a good six through 10 as well. So, um, you know, t like you said, Taft is just putting up, putting in a, you know, really impressive season and, and, you know, um, we'll see how far, you know, they go in the playoffs. The other thing about them is they're extremely young. Uh, Marcus, like you said, doing Marcus things, Bridgeland, you know, solid, solid season as well. Uh, Georgetown. Yeah. They, so they made it a huge leap because they went from 16 technically like the uh, next five in uh, all the way up to, you know, number nine. So a uh -huh. uh, big jump in there for, for Georgetown and um, you know, Bernie, I think they, let's see, where were they at last time? I don't, they, yeah, they were 14 last time. So, uh -huh. you know, they, they, they jumped up to 10th as well. So, um, you know, uh, let's see, Salado though was in this top, top 10 last time and they, they, they fell off a little bit here. Well, they fall, fell off the uh -huh. list much so uh but yeah imagine a salina bernie final in 4a yeah yeah i think it's safe to say that all roads kind of lead there it's just a matter of how the actual bracket will uh will play out but yeah all roads really i, th I think at the 4a level lead to those mm -hmm. two programs in particular yeah no doubt yeah that's uh that would be a very impressive final so uh yeah all right Rafa, go ahead. You got to uh, take us through our, our final five in the RPI 15 here. So I have 11. I have Hearst Bell at 22 and 2. Uh, pretty much have flown under the radar there in the Metroplex area. Uh, keep an eye on them. You know, uh, we'd love to see them, how they go up against maybe a Soft Lake Carroll or a Marcus in the playoffs, which is a possibility. Mm -hmm. uh, another at uh, number 12, probably one of the best panhandle teams in the state is Wilford Friendship. They've reached through their district with only one loss. Like I said, with just one loss, you know, keep an eye on them as well. They could, you know, shake things up in the playoffs. And uh, then you mentioned about Salado. Well, I think this is a Salado killer of Stephenville. They've mm -hmm. got like two two wins over them and would have claimed the district title. And that's why Salado was, was knocked off the list. And that, and like I said, Stephenville girls could be a threat, you know, to to Salino oh, yeah. or even Ber and Bernie too. So, no, that, those three could end up being in the yeah. They'll in, have a in say the, in the final four. Mm -hmm. They'll definitely have yeah. a say. And then fourteen, I have Highland Park. Highland Park's really kind of surged from that, you know, moving up from five A to six A. They've held their own, and that's another dangerous team to keep an eye on. That could challenge, you know, you know, maybe like I said, I saw Lake Curl. And then another challenger could, is is Allen at nineteen one and two. Uh oh, uh oh, so Steve, they, we got Allen. We got Allen. Yeah. Oh. He's been lobbying for him for, I don't know, for what, like four weeks, I think. But, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Go ahead. Now, they've surged up. And, like I said, they've, mm -hmm. they've now they've been – they're peaking at the right time. And, and some of these teams have kind of – they've won up, gone up. It's because they're peaking at the right time. But they're also getting quality wins. Mm -hmm. You know, like Stephenville, they got quality wins over Salado. You know, you know, Hurst Bell's got some great wins. Full for friendship, you know. So, these are some teams that are get, getting the attention – but they could play a uh, you know a spoiler as far as into the playoffs coming coming next week. Yeah, you know you talk about Hurst Bell there. They uh, I think they have yeah they they have the they have the potential to be some giant killers in here, right? Uh, you know, and, and yeah, you can say how you know this team's twenty two and two. How are they going to be giant killers, right? But but in, just in terms of their body of work, what they've put what they've put together so far, it'll be interesting to see what they can do in the playoffs. 
and then your next two there at 12 and 13 Wolfworth friendship and Steve Stephenville. I think they're very, they're very similar in terms of these are traditional powers that have maybe been a little bit on the just down, I guess, for lack of better words, a little bit dormant for the last maybe two years or so. And I think it, it's safe to say that they're back, right? That they're definitely back. Highland Park, you know, just like Dripping Springs, uh, first year, first year 6A, and they win a district title, right? So, uh, so big, uh, big shout out to them. And then, of course, Allen is, you know, Allen is Allen. I know I'll let Steve get, talk on that one a little bit more, but, uh, but yeah, that's my, uh, my general thoughts on 11 through 15. Yeah, um, you know, Highland Park just doing Highland Park things. I mean, they're look for them to, as usual, make their their deep run uh, into the playoffs uh, through the UIL bracket. So, um, you know, that's a team that, uh, you know, you really don't want to see on your side of the bracket. If you do, you know, you've got to bring a plus game. Uh, Stephenville, you know, pretty incredible for them to, you know, uh, put the season together that the, that they've been doing, you know, or that they did this year. So, you know, we'll see what happens come the playoffs, but um, uh, yeah, I mean, Wolforth friendship as well. Number 12, uh, Hearst Bell. And then, you know, you've got Allen there at 15 uh, made a big leap into the top, top 15. I've kind of been, uh, you know, pushing for that district to get a little bit more, uh, notoriety just because of the, the quality teams that they have in there in district five and region one. So, um, yeah, they wound up getting uh, district champs, uh, over prosper. And I believe there is a, uh, I forgot the other team that they were, uh, kind of vying for, I think it was McKinney Boyd, uh, in there as well. So, but, um, you know, they had that early loss in district to, to prosper, but, uh, they, taking care of business ever since then and, you know, peaking at the right time. So, um, yeah, this is a quality 15 here. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. And then, uh, Rafa, take us through our, the first five of the next five in. So my next five, I have, uh, Alamo Heights, 18, and three, uh, district champs out there in region four, uh, probably one of the favorites, maybe to contend against Vincent Valley in the playoffs. Uh, another team that's been, except you made it, have made it in the, to state in the past, uh, Midlothian, 19 and 2. Uh, great season for them. Keep an eye on them. They may do some, like I said, you're going to see them do some damage in, in, in 5A. Uh, another team that's kind of been on, like another ra- under the radar team is Mansfield, 17 1 and 1. Uh, keep an eye on them. And then you have Kingwood Park, a Houston area team that's also kind of flown under the radar at 17 and 1. And then out in East Texas, uh, one team that's been really consistent. I think another one, another sleeper team here is ja- Jacksonville at twenty-one and one. Yeah, um, Elmo Heights is an interesting one, right? I guess you can partially make maybe the argument for for the district, right? But <clears throat> I mean, they don't control that, right? Obviously, they don't control that. But um, them to not crack for for them to not crack your top fifteen—that's that's an interesting one, I would say. But I think maybe the other one that stands out to me, I just mentioned them a minute ago, that I think you can easily make the argument as far as being on this screen here is maybe uh, the other 6A, the other squad that make the jump up to 6A that also won a district title in Dripping Springs, right? Thoughts thoughts yeah. on them, Rafa? They're, they're, they're like on the cusp because they had a little rough patch in the beginning, but I, for them, 
you know, with Dripping Springs, they're, they're picking at the right time. They got a big win over uh, Lake Travis, and they won the district title. Uh, they're going to probably be that maybe the team to beat. You know, I know they were the team to beat last year. They fell short. I think now I think they've kind of realized, hey, you know, we don't take they're not going to take things lightly. I think they're I think they're on a mission to win uh, not only Region Four but to get back to Georgetown. Uh, so they're going to be a very dangerous team. Plus, they also have a uh, a goal scorer that which we'll, I'll I'll mention later on the show mm-hmm. that's been been tearing it up for them. So, right. uh, but also also it's like I mentioned some other teams I have um, that I you know that. If I had like a top 25, and I'm going to mention them right now, uh, another team is like Bur- Burleson Centennial, which I, they were on the list all back. They had a couple of bumps in the road, but they've been, like I said, they're one of the top teams in that area for 5A. Duncanville, too, they kind of slid a little bit, a couple losses in the, in the, in the tie, but still a dangerous team. Uh, another team uh, that made it out from the Houston is Rich Point. You know, they've flown on the radar this year. They're un- they're undefeated. They do have five ties, but still, you know, they could be the one that maybe that challenges. Like I said, Seven Lakes as well. Uh, and then uh, another team I'm going to mention is a uh, is a first year program, which which I'm going to talk about later on as well as so the West Plain- West Plains out of from Canyon ISD. First year wins district title, twenty one and one. And then the last one I have another team that's in five A that could be also one of those sleeper teams that could get a couple, you know, wins and we start a, you know, start that little streak to get to Georgetown is Frisco and they're at 17, two and two, and they, they, they're also a district champion as well. Nice. Awesome. Steve, you got anything else? Yeah, no, these are just, uh, you know, more powerhouses that uh, you typically see in the playoffs uh, throughout the year, uh, throughout the years. Um, so yeah, between <laughs> these next five in, I think it's like 90 plus wins and, you know, four losses. So, I mean, wow, it's pretty incredible the seasons that these, these teams have put together uh, here in 2023. So, yeah. um, you know, kudos to all those teams and, and good job for Rafa, you know, putting this together um, each and every time we're on. Yeah. Yeah. These are not easy by any means. Right. As far as because you're consolidating them and you're looking them at a, for lack of better words, what we like to call a, a pound for pound rating system, right? Regardless of classification. So you're factoring in strength, maybe strength of district, strength of strength of non-district schedule, uh, any b- big wins, obviously, you know, pedigree plays a certain factor and maybe the, the degree of difficulty of just uh, the particular district. Right. Um, and which can always be tough in year one of a, uh, of a, you know, realignment. So, um, but yeah, yeah. Well said. All right. We're going to go ahead and move over to our, to the boy side of the house here. Reshare the screen here. All right. Rafa, it's all you first, uh, our first five here. Well, there's some shakeups cause there were some, some, some upsets, mm-hmm. some losses and, and you see, you see, we have a new number one, and number one I have is Katie Seven Lakes, at twenty-one and one. Uh, been the best team in, for the boys in the Houston area. Uh, like I said, I think they'll, I think they're going to be back at Georgetown in April. Uh, number two, I have Palestine. They move up twenty-four or and one. Uh, number three, El Paso Bel Air. 
Like I said, I think they're going to probably be the best team in Region 1. <laughs> in Region 1 for, you know, for 5A. I think I think they have a good opportunity to get you know get to the to the final four as well, and then the surprise of the year has been the Irvin Tigers here at seventeen one and one. They're going to be a very dangerous team, and in wherever bracket you're in, you probably don't want to play, want not want to play them, um, and they they probably going to surprise some teams, and we'll see how deep they go you know in, in into the playoffs. Uh, number five, the defending state six ch- A champs uh, did have a loss. At home, uh, so they dropped down to five, but that's uh, they're still one of the favorites here in Region Four. Number six, uh, Louisville Hebron. What can say about Hebron? Hebron's Hebron, you know, undefeated. One of the, like I said, best programs in the Dallas area. Well, and hold up real quick, seven, Rafa. Let us ta- let us tackle those first five real quick. Um, okay, okay. So yeah, so obviously, a lots of movement, lots of movement in this really in this top top fifteen for on the boys side. But particularly in the top five, you know, Katie Seven Lakes, they're an interesting one because they're, you know, Coach uh, Jimmy Kruger there, you know, they made a run to state last year. You know, they're just as talented, if not more, to, if not more this year. But uh, they're very similar to kind of like what uh, what Coach Knight uh, from Rouse was just telling mm-hmm. us a few minutes ago. They lost their first, you know, lost the first game out of the gate and haven't, haven't looked back since, right? You know, they've had one draw in there. You know, Palestine. Palestine is—they've uh, been putting up some some eye-opening results, uh, to say the least. Um, Bel Air, you know, Paso Bel Air, being completely objective, obviously, but uh, um, they are—you know—all accounts. You know, I spoke with multiple people while I was over in the nine one five over the weekend, and a good friend of mine as well. And he says they are the real deal. He said they're every bit as talented as that twenty, if not more. Than that 2019 squad that that won the whole thing over uh, Frisco Wakeland. So, more to come. Irving, Irving's kind of been the. Um, they started out as a surprise and they've just been steady, right? They've been, you know. So now comes the question of what can they do in the second season, right? And then Lake Travis, you know, it's it's more of the timing of when that first defeat came for them, but not worried about them whatsoever. They're gonna have a gigantic say in Region Four for sure before it's all said and done. So. Uh, but yeah, uh, Steve, thoughts? Yeah, no, that's a uh, uh, pretty s- solid top five here. Uh, Katie Seven Lakes definitely earns that number one spot. You know, um, kind of the the front runner for for the the Houston teams. Um, I know if we kind of take a peek down at number eight, there might Pasadena Dobie might have something to say about that. But um, but yeah, no, you know, Palestine. Solid, very solid season, especially with their the results that they've been putting together. And you know, Bel Air is right there. Um, you know, we'll see what they can do in Region One, and could depending on where they fall on the bracket. Uh, you know, they them and Irving, you know, uh, could be matching up against each other here in the next couple of weeks. So we'll we'll see about that. Um, and then Lake Travis, like you said, I'm not worried about them, but uh, you know, they did have a uh, a uh, little slip up against uh, uh, number 14 recently. So, um, but yeah, no, solid uh, top top five here. I did see yeah. Lee kind of fell off a little bit. They were they were at number five and, you know, they, I think, uh, dropped down a little bit. But uh, I'll let Rafa uh, resume here. <laughs> so number six, I have Luzo Hebron. 
like you said, 1703, like I said, one of the best pro, better programs there for the Dallas area. And then number seven, I have San, San Antonio Lee. Finished 19-0-3, undefeated district champs. And I did it. Did they have a tie that, you know, that kind of knocked them a little bit, but still they're, they're going to be the one that I think that one team that challenges Lake Travis and also that number 14 yeah. team as well. Uh, Doby, like you mentioned, uh, 19-0-3, great season for them. Could be could they be the one that knocks off Saving Lakes and prevent them from getting back to Georgetown? And then the other team, uh, number nine, Bernie Greyhounds, who I think is my 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 favorite to get three peat. I, I think they played. I know I have Palestine higher than them, but you know I know that Bernie has those three losses, but those are against quality teams. But I think Bernie's played in a tougher district, and I like to see how, when they do face each other how that game's going to go. But, you know, but I'm leaning towards Bernie. I think they're going to probably three, more likely three-peat. Another team that finally kind of got a kind of you know handle on their district is Frisco Lone Star. Handed a Wakeland a loss. Um, now, can they turn that around like last year? Wakeland knocked them off in the playoffs. Is this the year finally Lone Star, you know, you know kind of slays the dragon and takes over and becomes that new Frisco team that comes to – to Georgetown and maybe start a new dynasty. You know, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll find out. We'll find out and see. Yeah. 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 I think it's, yeah, not nothing too crazy here. I think, uh, yeah, you can make the argument in terms of the fluctuation of Lee, not too worried about that. Uh, I know coach Rogers isn't too worried about that either. As far as where they're sitting here on this, on this chart here on this rankings list. And then, <clears throat> yeah, Bernie, that's the other one, right? Is it a, uh, is it a collision course between Bernie and Palestine? They're right at the four A level. Uh, mm-hmm. All, all our most arguments would tell you yes, but you know we're gonna have Diamond Diamond Hill Jarvis there. They're gonna have something to say about that as well. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how these things play out. And yeah, Frisco Lone Star. It's kind of a, you know, it has the. Is it gonna be a deja vu, or is it? Or are they gonna get over that that hurdle right regarding Wakeland? Because you just you just you just cannot discount Wakeland, right? So. Mm-hmm. Steve? Yeah, so out of these five, the, the, the team that I'm kind of curious to see how they perform in the in the in the playoffs is the one right in the middle, Pasadena Doby. I'm very curious to see, you know, uh what they do, what damage they can do in in the playoffs. So uh, you know, um Lewis Hebron, uh we'll see, you know, uh, what damage they can do as well. You know, they put together a pretty good season in a uh, in a tough district there so um and then we know here in san antonio lee has just kind of been the, the front runner uh in the san antonio area just doing their thing each and every year with coach rogers you know putting together another solid team there um you know and then here also in the san antonio area jump up down to, to bernie you know see if they can put that uh that three peat in play here um i'm sure it will be you know we'll see we'll see what happens um, and then Frisco Lone Star, you know, uh, uh, sl- they slayed, Rafa said the dragon, but they, they slayed the Wolverine, you know, <laughs> you know, Wakeland is that, uh, that big brother that they finally, you know, knocked off, but, uh, the second season begins here, uh, in the next week or so. And so, uh, we'll see if they can kind of, you know, keep that, uh, momentum going throughout the, uh, throughout the UIL playoffs. Yeah. All right. Rafa, go ahead. Take us through those last five there. So number eleven, I had Midland, who just suffered their first loss. So that's what they, they dropped down out of the top ten. And then we have Damahill Jarvis, who did, 
complete uh, winning the district title for, I think, the second straight year for them. Um, another team that came out of nowhere, no one talked mm-hmm. about them all year, is Houston Wisdom, 21-0. and 0. You know, could they be that team from 5A in the Houston area to come out and maybe even challenge to, you know, for a state title? And then number 14, uh, the, like I said, uh, I had them on the cusp. You know, like I said, I wanted to see if, the, if they were for real. And, and then they proved it. You know, they went out to Lake Travis and got a big win and got the district title. So I have Austin Bowie at night, like I said, 19-1-3. They're in the top 15 now. And then at 15, I have Kilgore, another one of the mm-hmm. better East Texas teams for 4A at 25-2. and two. You know, will they be the ones that maybe challenges Palestine to get back to Georgetown um, this year? Yeah. Yeah, you know, this this group here is an interesting one. You have Midland, obviously, that took took a tumble, right? Winning, you know, losing um, final match of the regular season uh, versus Permian, right? To basically to prevent them from, from going undefeated in the regular season. But wh- what are they going to do now, right? Now, now, now that the playoffs are here. And then the opposite end of that spectrum is you have Austin Bowie, who has, who many people are big on, a very strong team, very talented team. Uh, capable of being in Georgetown, but and they they rattle off a big win over Lake Travis. Uh, so now, what you know? How do they follow that up? Right? Is that is that their peak, or do they really take off there now in the playoffs? So um, yeah, wisdom is an interesting one. Diamond Hill Jarvis has been one of the most consistent programs in the state of Texas for the last probably three years. So no surprise there. And then Kilgore, Kilgore has been steady. Uh, not kind of flying a little bit under the radar in spite of their record, but I think they're uh, they're going to have something to say when uh, now as we again as we we've, we've been using our reference there that hashtag that you're going to see us using regularly second season. So Steve, yeah, so I'm going to start with number thirteen, uh, Houston Wisdom. You know, fantastic season that they've put together with the results that they've been you know um, putting together as well. No blemish on the record. Um, We'll see. I'm curious to see what kind of run that they'll, you know, make in the playoffs uh, coming out of, uh, I think they're in the uh, District 19. They're Region 3. Yeah, Region yeah. 3. Region 3, District 19. So they'll start off against uh, one of the either like Fort Bend uh, teams or Richmond teams. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we'll see how, how they do. Uh, only um, – argument i would say on here is that austin bowie team i i feel like they should be a definitely uh in my opinion <laughs> uh, a top 10 team so um you know i know that they weren't on the uh in, in the top 20 uh or 15 or 20 the uh, last last time but you know for them to put a 2-0 result against uh win over lake travis uh that's one that i would you know have liked to see them in the in the top 10 and i think the first time they played lake travis they tied them so um you know that's the only you know shake up that i would kind of uh they, they needed that signature sin- 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 win that was yeah. and that was and the signature yeah. that went because yeah. this year the that this district's kind of been down which is a surprise because you know you know they have drippy springs uh they didn't make the playoffs westlake's been struggling uh, a surprising Del Valle, team, uh, Del, Del Valle team made it. You know, it's kind of been, uh, you know, for 26A, it's it's kind of been a very down year for the – last year was very competitive. This year's kind of been a down year for that district. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. yeah so, um, but yeah, Region Four has got to have a uh, an eye on on this this Bowie team. Uh, more to come on them a little bit later. But yeah, um, yeah, that's all I got. All right, good deal. And Rafa, go ahead, take us through uh, your your next uh, the first five of your next five in. So the next five I have is Prosper, the seventeen and four district champ. Uh, another team that's kind of been in and out in the top fifteen, the Woodlands. Uh, keep an eye on them. You know, maybe you know, that, that's a team that's you know history. They had a lot of history. Great, great soccer program. Uh, make deep runs in the playoffs. Have made some appearances in state. Uh, so you know, keep an eye on them. Another team that we'll see if they if they can turn you know turn it up in the playoffs. is San Antonio Southwest. You know, they've won the district for the fifth year in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, but can they? Like I said last year, you know, they had high hopes last year, but they got knocked off by Georgetown and PKs. You know, is this the year that they're going to challenge and get to to the region, the regional tournament? For you know, they're in Region Four, and they got some tall tasks because there's some quality teams. Like I said, uh, Leander Rouse is going to be one, which you know, there's a possibility they could meet up, you know, in a quarterfinal. So it, we'll see how what they do, you know. Here in the next few weeks, another team that Ross probably have to you know look out is that Brownsville Porter team. You know, uh, probably the best team in the valley, and like I said, they have also kind of flown under the radar. Uh, keep their very dangerous team. Like I said, I did see them last year when they played Lee and they tied Lee. You know, and th- they've always had a consistency every year. They don't just rebuild; they reload every year. And mm-hmm. great talent down there. And then the number five Tyler Legacy. I know this, they've been kind of up and down as well, but they're going to be a team to look out also at, in East Texas. And mm-hmm. they can also probably do some damage in the playoffs as well. All right. And Rafa, go ahead. Tell us about your additional five. Obviously, you're, you added an extra five that aren't on this screen um, that you kind of wanted to mention as additional honorable mentions. So honorable mentions, I have Lubbock Monterey at 17-0-4. So one of the few pan teams is uh, undefeated. Uh I have also have San Angelo Lakeview, a 4A team. Uh, they finished undefeated as well. Um, it could be a challenger for, you know, for against Diamond Hill Jarvis, maybe even San Alley. We'll, we'll, we'll find out. Right. Uh, all, another team that, you know, also another under the radar team that went undefeated in the 6A is Aldi MacArthur. They were 19 0 2. So, very interesting team. See, you know, could they challenge Seven Lakes or, you know, Doby in the playoffs? That'd be a great game to see. And then I also have El Paso Andres, uh, 5A, uh, finished 22-2. and two. They could, be, you know, cause some problems in that region, in that region one. Maybe a, a showdown with El Paso Bel Air, you know, in, maybe in the quarterfinal or even the regional final. Mm-hmm. And the last I have, last I have a, a, another team that made a great run last year, but they ran into Bernie. And Bernie, you know, end up winning this state title is a is Taylor uh, for Class Four A. Then now they're in Region Three, so they don't have to worry about Bernie this year. They're at twenty and two, and you know they could make another deep, you know, deep run in, in Region Three and maybe get to Georgetown this year. Steve, any thoughts on uh, I guess what's really the next five in, and then his additional five? Yeah, so the next five in, um, you know. Um, Prosper's right there with, uh, um, you know, the, that uh, in that Allen district, that was, you know, a great season they put together. Uh, Woodlands, um, you know, put a solid district champion 
season together as well. And then you've got, you know, the Southwest and Brownsville Porter. I believe that they're on the same side of the bracket. Um, once we kind of, you know, jump into the brackets, uh, them and, and Porter. So, and Leander Rouse is on the opposite side. So, you know, <laughs> kind of a good thing for, for Rouse to, you know, uh, if they do have to play, uh, they won't have to play both of these teams. It would just be one of these teams, but, uh, you know, they got their hands full with the other side of the bracket as well. So, um, but yeah, no, it's a, a quality, quality list that, you know, that office put together, you know, for, for uh, the top 25. No doubt. No doubt. Any, any additional notes, anything else that you wanted to share Rafa, before we move on? No, it's just, like I said, it's, you know, what I noticed this year, especially on the girls side, there is a lot of quality girl teams, you know, that were kind of, yeah. love, you know, even I could have done maybe a top 30, you know, <laughs> that, and, but those, you know, maybe kind of looking outside to the, looking from the outside to the inside, those could, you know, those are so some teams that could probably throw some monkey wrenches in the playoffs, bigger bracket busters. Um, so just keep an eye. You know, like I said, it's going to be very competitive. Uh, same thing with the boys too. Very competitive teams. Not very, not many flashy records like the girls. But the thing is, I think with them sitting in the boys teams, they're playing. A lot of them are playing against each other. So I think they understand that playing against, you know, their caliber, you know, you know, evenly caliber teams or teams a little bit higher than them. It's going to help them in the playoffs and, and and get eventually get to you know try to get to Georgetown for the region, for the state tournament. Yeah, yeah, well said, well said. And uh, so again, that was our final unveiling, our final unveiling of the the unveiling, I should say, of the final uh, RPI of the regular season. We might bring one more. This would be a postseason RPI, a final one, just to just so we can uh, harass uh, Rafa a little bit more, give him a hard time. So. <laughs> So, yeah, so that RPI is brought to you by our good friends at Gipper. Again, let me tell you a little bit about Gipper. We've been partnered with them for going on eight months now. They do phenomenal work in the world of digital graphics. Um, Gipper is the way that schools, athletic departments, ADs, and coaches can create world-class marketing content. Join over 2,500 coaches and, AD and ADs and use Gipper to create high-quality visual-branded graphics for your program. The best part, anyone can do it in seconds on any device without needing any design experience. If you do have design experience and you are what they call a power user, you'll you'll find that you can do multiple things with their platform as well. So uh, highly recommend it. And if you're a listener, just for being a listener of the 5050 podcast, you can also receive 10% off any first time Gipper purchase on their annual their annual plans. So just go to Gipper.com slash partner slash 5050 to learn more. Again, that's Gipper.com slash partner slash 5050 to learn more. So. All right, gentlemen, that's going to we're going to take a quick break and then we'll go ahead. We're going to transition over to game balls and team stickers. But before we do that, we're going to bring you a quick word from our title sponsor. College Promoters USA, founded and located in San Antonio, operates as the only family owned college recruiting company in Texas that brings a truly professional, local and face to face approach to area high school student athletes and their families. As the lead sponsor and proud supporter of the 5050 podcast, alongside Coach Hector Cano, College Promoters is proud to be elevating its support for the college soccer recruiting process more than any other service in the country. If your son or daughter is serious about competing in college soccer, 
Call College Promoters USA directly at 210-494-6363 or visit collegepromotersusa.com anytime. College Promoters USA, the best investment a parent can make in their high school student-athlete. All right, and we are back with episode seven of Inside Texas High School Soccer, along with uh, Coach Duffa and Coach Steve. Uh, we are back. We're going to go ahead. We're going to move on to our game balls segment here. So this is something that we introduced a couple of episodes back where we want to highlight whether it's a player or a coach for something significant that they've accomplished over the course of maybe the, the season or in the last couple of weeks. Uh, so we kind of have uh, full autonomy on how we do that. So, uh Rafa, go ahead. Take us take us away with your game balls first. For my game balls, I'm gonna, for the girls, I'm going to give my game ball to Ellie Hazden from Dripping Springs. Um, what can you say about her? She's been on a tear. She's a, she's part of the forty club, uh, forty goal club, uh, forty goal club for this season. She had a big uh, winning goal against Lake Travis, it vaulted them to the to the district title. Um, Keep an eye on her. She may do some more damage in the playoffs here in Region 4. Um, maybe some little redemption for them for, you know, falling short last year. You know, could this be the year for them to, you know, to get to back to Georgetown, especially that move up from 5A to 6A. No one expected that from them, but congrats to her. And then for the boys, uh, down from the Valley, I have Ray Cantu from Hidalgo High School, another member of the 40 Goal Club. Nice. Um, he's, he's actually uh, – has more uh, goals in a couple there in his district, believe it or not. And uh, he's actually 20, like 21 goals ahead than the next com- uh, person. And in, in he's in the, in the Ballon d'Oro for their district. So, uh, or the golden or the golden boot for them. So congratulations to both teams. Those, those are my uh, game balls for both players. Awesome. Great stuff, Steve. Yeah. So uh, my game balls, uh, both of them are players uh, for the boys it's a uh, number 10 player for uh, the Woodlands uh, High School. Uh, name uh, player is Enrique Caputo. So Enrique is a junior. He's a he's a midfielder, and he's helped uh, the Woodlands, you know, uh, win their district. They ended the season with a 19-2-2 uh, record, uh, which, you know, you saw in Rafa's power rankings. I think they're number 17 here. Um, and their district record of uh, almost unble- uh, unblemished, a 14-0-2 record. So, you know, he had a big part of that as well as the team um, um, as well to, uh, to to put all – so he scored 15 goals. But, you know, I see in their in their stats a lot of players are, are scoring for them. So he didn't have the, you know, 40-goal season. But that being said, it's a very, uh, you know, solid team, you know, um, uh, what am I trying to say? The a solid team uh, teamwork for them to 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 put those goals in and you know get those results for them. So uh, you know, kudos to Enrique Caputo, number ten for the Woodlands. Um, on the girls' side, it's uh, uh, coming out of the District Fifteen, Region Two, Tomball Cougars. It's number seventeen, Caroline Falks. Uh, she's a senior forward and a, and a captain for the the Cougars. And uh, the Cougars' record is 15 and four, and they're also district champions. And they uh, ended their season with a 12 and two record. And uh, Caroline had 21 goals and 16 assists. 
So, you know, kudos to her. And she's also, um, she'll be attending College of Charleston uh, next fall. So, you know, congratulations to her and, nice. and her Tomball, you know, Cougars and, and good luck to them in the playoffs. And uh, Charleston is a very popular uh, barbecue city in the nation here. So, you know, I got to throw that, uh, you know, barbecue love on the, on the podcast no, anytime no I can. Little shameless plug, right? Yeah, so, Lewis, Lewis awesome. barbecue in the uh, in the uh, Charleston, South Carolina uh, area. So he's a Texas boy. So uh, you know, gotta throw a little barbecue uh, love in there. All right. So my uh, my game ball on the girls' side is going to go to maybe some of you all have heard of her. She is what should be. A, she's a junior, not a sophomore. Kennedy Fuller. You might have you you all might have heard of her. All right. So she is the all everything forward for uh, South Lake Carroll. Uh, she broke the scoring record, right? Uh, goals in the regular season for the South Lake Carroll, the Lady Dragons soccer program, 51 goals. Previous record was 49. And she also has, I believe she's sitting on 26, I think 26 or 29. I want to say it's 26 assists as well. And she's doing some of that while also doing some double duty in terms of being, you know, being invited out to the U.S. Uh, girls uh, youth national team camp as well so big shout out to her congratulations to her as well as her teammates um and then on the men's side it's a, gonna go to a coach game ball is gonna go to a coach and good friend of mine who i'm very happy for very proud of and coach rudy garcia the head men's soccer coach at isleta high school has the isleta boys program isleta men's soccer program in the playoffs for the first time in over 10 years and i can tell you him and I have been running those programs on both the boys and girls side there when I was at Isleta. It's a, it's a tough task, right? Just in terms of the, the added degree of difficulty in terms of the district, it's tough. And then, and being able to just win and perform there at Isleta, it's a tough one, but I can tell you, I know this has been kind of five years in the making for him. So very proud of him, very happy for him as well. So shout out again to uh, both coach to Kennedy Fuller of South Lake Carroll and coach Rudy Garcia of East Letta, the East Letta men's soccer program. So, all right, team stickers. So we're going to go ahead. We're going to move on to team stickers. Now team stickers. This is essentially an award where we want to give a big, just shout out or appreciation, a uh, little appreciation message to programs uh, across, across the state, right? They don't have to be number one. They don't have to win a district title. They don't, you know, any number of reasons, just something that we want to, kind of show appreciation for Rafa go ahead go ahead lead us off so my team sticker uh for the for the boys goes to Lubbock Monterey um they just recently wrapped up uh winning their district title I think for the first time I think since 2004 I believe uh so congrats to them um and also my team sticker for the girls is for the West Plains High School up in the Panhandle uh first year program uh, for Canyon ISD to win the district title in the first ever existence as a school, you know, 21, one and one great record. So congrats to them. You know, you know, they could be, like I said, they could be some, uh, a spoiler in the, in those playoffs for 4A and, you know, come, coming out, coming in the next few weeks. So good luck to both teams in the playoffs. So those are my two teams, uh, two teams, team stickers for the, for the, for them. Steve. Yeah, very cool. So uh, both my team stickers are actually uh, teams that are in the RPI. The first one is the girls Midlothian Panthers. Um, so I believe they were number 17 in the uh, 
Rafa Power Index, and they come out of District 8 and 5A classification, and uh, they got a record of 19-1-3. and um, Their district record, 15-0-1. And, and the other uh, cool thing that I, that I saw about them was they went out and played against some uh, their non-district um, against some high, even though they're in 5A, they played against some 6A teams like Prosper, which they tied 2-2, two to two, Dripping Springs, who they beat, you know, 2-1, to one, and, and they did lose to Dallas Highland Park, you know, another team on the on the RPI, but uh, they only lost that game 1-2. to two. So they've gone out, and what Rafa's always, you know, uh, said for, for years, go out and play those tough non-district matches, and, you know, they that's where their one loss came from was against uh, Dallas Highland Park. But their uh, district record, 15-0-1, you know, solid, you know, so watch out for the Midlothian girls. And they're led by uh, a few players, uh, Jordan Hardman, 23 goals, uh, Kennedy Husbands, 18 assists, and uh, Samantha Longoria, uh, 11 shutouts as keep. So, uh, or Samantha, I believe, um, 11 shutouts as, as a goalkeeper. So, you know, kudos to the Panthers of Midlothian. For the boys, it's going to be, uh, we spoke about them earlier as well, uh, Austin Bowie Bulldogs. Uh, they put together a uh, solid record of 19-1-3, uh, districts 13-1-1. and uh, Non-district matches that kind of stood out to me was their uh, game against Round Rock, uh, another 6A opponent opponent that they beat 2-0, to zero. Um, and then a, a strong 5A team of uh, Pflugerville Connolly that they beat earlier in the season 1-0. to zero. So um, Austin Bowies comes from a – you know, a district that uh, has other teams like Dripping Springs, Austin Lake Travis, we, we talked about, uh, Austin mm -hmm. Westlake, Del Valle, uh, another team. So, um, and they recently got that uh, result against uh, Austin Lake Travis with a 2-0 win. So um, the other interesting fact about these this uh, Austin Bowie team is that they've got 20 seniors on their roster and, and uh, five juniors on that team. So very stacked team um you know as far as you know the senior led kind of team and um you know i think that they're going to be very tough out in in 6a boys region four so you know watch out for that uh austin Bowie bulldogs team here in the next few weeks yeah yeah no doubt um my uh my team sticker awards so starting on the women's side two teams uh normally we do one but in this case there was one that i really felt uh, compelled to mention we've been mentioning them as of late and as a follow-up because did not want to did not want them to think that we forgot about them and kind of an appreciation for them is the the cattle cattle mills the lady foxes program as well as one of their teammates in victoria mendez who as in case you don't know or you hadn't heard she went down pretty significant injury back on february 15th and they've had a uh, a uh, GoFundMe uh, out for her that's been working. That's been, uh, I think it's uh, trying to raise a select amount of money, and it's been doing really well. And, uh, you know, she's been in the hospital for since February 15th, my understanding. And uh, so I just want to, you know, the way they've handled that, their community, Cattle Mills community is an awesome community. So the Fighting Foxes, you know, and the Lady Fox Soccer Program, who are getting ready for the playoffs as well. I believe they are uh, settled into that third uh, third spot in their district as well. So uh, shout out to them. They've been going through a lot and uh, just, and it's been awesome to see the Texas high school soccer community kind of rally around them, support them. Lots of, 
lots of great messages as well. Um, if you can, and if you're willing, on the uh, the GoFundMe, we'll we'll share that again. Please consider uh, please consider um, donating if if you can and you're willing. So, my other program on the women's soccer side, she their coach just had them on the uh, on the podcast not too long ago, and they probably have the biggest drought I think I've seen out there in recent memory in Texas high school soccer in terms of winning a district title. And I'm talking about Coach Tiffany Van Hoos and the Abilene Eagles. They won their first district title in 32 years, or 31 years, I believe, uh, just uh, about a week, week and a half ago or so. So big shout out to them winning the uh, 4 or 5A uh, district title there. And then on the men's side, uh, this is a this is a program that uh, Rafa and I in particular have kind of been monitoring closely, have been talking about for a while now, and, and that's the uh, Bernie Champion Chargers. Uh going from seventh place, I believe, last year to winning the district title in 26-5A when, you know, new coach, not a ton was really expected of them. And here they are in a very tough 26-5A and they're winning a district title. So, you know, big shout out to them. So my team sticker award is going to go to to them on the boys' side as well. So, again, on the women's side, both Cattle Mills and the Abilene Eagles and on the men's side, the Bernie champion chargers who have put together a remarkable season in winning the 26 5 8 district title. So shout out to them. So guys, any other thoughts on uh, that as far as just whether it's game balls, team sticker awards, any other honorable mentions, anything else floating out there thoughts? Yeah. That, that Bernie champion boys team. I know they had a, a injury uh, coach, Brian Davis, his son plays for that team. And, you know, he went out with an ACL I think in the middle part of the uh, season. So, you know, for them to still, and he's a, you know, a big part of that team, I know. So, um, but uh, for them to still, you know, uh, keep going and finish district strong, um, you know, kudos to them and, and hope uh, Brian's on the mend here. So. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, obviously always careful with the information we share, but that's uh, thinking of, uh, of little Brian Davis, right. Uh, it's, it's mm -hmm. also a fellow, fellow college promoters usa athletes so we're with you coach davis if you're listening thinking about you guys as well so mm -hmm. uh so all the but also all the more reason why bernie champions run has been so so impressive right so yeah so all right we are going to go ahead and move on we're going to transition over to our uh uil state playoffs overview here so here, what we are going to do, what you're going to be looking at here, really, is we are not going to go. This is not bracketology. We'll get into <laughs> we'll get into that more. We'll get into that more and what's coming up with that uh, at the end of the show and what to look forward to next week. But before we do that, we're just going to kind of go over go over key dates, um, rules, certain guidelines, and and then we'll just dive into the regional sites, and then we're gonna. And then we'll talk. We'll kind of pass it around. Talk a little bit in terms of just our thoughts going into this to the state playoffs. So, all right. So, a couple of things. Wanted to bring this up here. Hopefully, you guys can see this um, as best yeah. as we can. We'll try to make it a little larger there. So, um, so our soccer dates here. Obviously, we find ourselves here March fifteenth. So we have district certification deadline coming up next Tuesday. So we're inside of a week from that, and then. And then the, um, the, I call it the real March badness, right, begins. So on Thursday, <clears throat> Thursday, March 23rd through Saturday, 
March 25th is the window for the by district round. So um, that's where um, you'll see that's where the, uh, the the second season officially begins and then followed by the area round the following week that uh, Monday and Tuesday, the 27th and 28th of March. Then we find ourselves in the regional quarterfinals on March 30th through April 1st, followed by then we are returning to the, the regional tournament format again, uh, which I believe, Rafa, we returned to that last year, right? I think is how we did that. Yeah. After two years, after it being absent two years ago. So, so the regional tournament, April 7th and 8th, and then we find ourselves getting ready for Georgetown uh, April 12th through the 15th. Uh, for the state tournament. So so those are some key dates there. Anything, gentlemen, anything you want to add to these dates before we move on? Nope. The one thing I wish the UI probably would, would do, maybe for in the future, you know how we have the by district Fridays, Saturdays, uh, then you have a quick turnaround for the area. Again. I wish maybe extend it, give an extra week, play every week, uh, every, you know, playoff game on the weekend. That way it gets mm-hmm. enough time for some, some, some people to heal up. Yeah. Less travel during the week and so forth. I think I think UIL really wants to make this better. You know, add another. Mm-hmm. You know, push it back another week for that way each each round isn't on the weekend. It's less, like yeah. I said, better for travel, better for healing, better for preparation. Yeah, you know what you recall? What was what made two years ago so special was, if you recall, Rafa, was the fact that there. And you can argue, you can argue logistics of it. I get it. But what made two years ago so pretty pretty special in terms of there was no regional tournament, so each each match there was stand it was a standalone match, so and with some rest and travel obviously in between, which made for unbelievable regional you know regional semifinals and regional finals right, whereas <clears throat> the argument in the regional tournament and very similar to the state tournament right, the argument is. So much is thrown into the semifinal that the finals tend to not be the most appealing. They tend to be very ugly, right? The legs are so heavy, especially when you're dealing with teams that only have so much depth, so much in terms of their rotation. Um, so, yeah. So I could definitely see that argument has existed for years. Coming out of COVID two years ago, we had to go to that. And I, I thought it was, you know, can't speak for logistics and obviously can't speak for budgets. But in terms of the product on the field, I thought it was significant. It was a big success. So, yeah. So basically, you know, that March or I'm sorry, the April 7th and 8th dates, um, those were stretched out a little bit further. Correct. Um, yeah. Uh, instead of it, you know, being a back to back, because literally the regional tournament means a regional semifinal with the regional final the next day. Correct. So it's a yeah. Friday, Saturday game for those who win, for those who win on Friday they have to come back on Saturday and play again uh-huh. um, similar situation for state each classification is a little bit uh, different um, you know but um, very very similar situation for state but yeah, yeah. those that regional tournament is um, uh, yeah a tough one and and same mm-hmm. thing for I think 4A girls, they have to turn around and play on the same day for state um, from Wednesday the 12th. And then on, they have to play their state final on the, the very next day, the 13th. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So And, and yeah. 6A as well. And in speaking of the uh, the regional tournament, so we're going to go ahead. We're going to go to the 
the regional regional sites here. Okay. So we'll go through each classification. So again, these are the the pre these are predetermined uh, back at the start of the year. So these aren't uh, last minute or going into the playoffs. These are predetermined. Mm-hmm. So these are site locations for the regional sites for both uh, this year and next year. Okay. So um, so these do function on a two year cycle. So. <clears throat> Excuse me. So looking at uh, so we'll go uh, we'll go by classification. So looking at 4A here, Region One and Region Two. Um, so Joel Johnson Northwest ISD Dead Northwest ISD Stadium. That is your host, uh, your director address, and then your site location. So Northwest ISD and then Region Conference. So 4A Region Two Rose Stadium and Tyler. Thoughts on either of these guys? It's a long drive for the El Paso teams to go to the oh, Metroplex. Yeah. What else? I think the year, I think I think the year before, I think it was in Wichita Falls. Uh, it would have been better maybe they had for Region One have it at um, like an Abilene, kind of like a halfway point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think for I think for Region Two there, I think that's a pretty much a centered, like a central location. There, there, nice stadium yeah. too, home of uh, yeah. Earl Campbell. There you go. Yeah, that's yeah, so, right. So if you're looking at a map, it's Justin is going to be just north of uh, Fort Worth. Fort Worth. Yeah, I believe it's so, north northwest, right? North northwest there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So just just north northwest of uh, the DFW area. So and then Tyler being um, just basically east, a little bit south east of Dallas, mm-hmm. you know, um, out that way. Yeah. So um, you know, I guess they do try to. Uh, centralize it as much as possible yeah yeah so all right next two so we're going to move on to 4a region three and region four legacy stadium out in katy and uh, a place that i've driven by i've just never actually been in it and then always got to slow myself down so i say this correctly cabinets <laughs> soccer field uh out in uh the uh, very friendly windy confines of corpus christi right as we all know anybody that's coached or played there um so, yeah, I think uh, Region 4, everyone is uh, here in this area is pretty familiar with that location. But uh, thoughts, gentlemen, on Region 3 and 4? Yeah, so Katie is going to be, you know, uh, driving from San Antonio. It's going to be on the west side of Houston. Uh, it's pretty much the first, you know, uh, major part of, of Houston that you drive into. I've never been to to Legacy as well. Uh, same thing with uh, Cabinus. Uh, uh, field as well but um but yeah no i mean those are um the region uh locations that they selected and then just a reminder that this is where the boys and the girls play for 4a correct so it's you know it's correct. it's going to yeah. be for both you know genders um, yeah these are irregardless of uh, of gender yeah this these are the predetermined site locations for the next two years both basically they they follow the alignments essentially so yeah, and Corpus Christi being right by the, you know, but it's a, it's a beach town, as most of us Texans know. But for those that are not familiar, maybe just recently moved to Texas or watching from another state, Corpus Christi is right on the, the Gulf Coast. So um, that's why Coach Hector was uh, saying that it's very, very windy there at, at uh, that location. Mm-hmm. And the humidity. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, on, on any given day, yeah, it just kind of depends. <laughs> depends when you're playing, right? So, well, it, in, that's, in that's the spring the in Texas, it could be cold, right. it could be hot, it could Correct. be 
you know, uh, a thick humidity. It could be. Yeah, that's uh, the thing. That's the thing playing in Texas. Yeah, you're dealing with it. You know, these seasons start in in the dead of winter, really in December, and then they're playing in January. So they deal with all the cold. And then, you know, Rafa and I talked about this last year, right, is all of a sudden by this time you're getting into this range. The heat is is a factor. Right, the heat becomes a factor. So yeah, you gotta hydrate. Um, and make sure yeah. that your your team's, you know, hydrated accordingly. That being said, I've been out to games where it's cold in the morning, and you know, by the afternoon, I'm like, man, I should have brought a t-shirt and shorts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you see it, uh, you know, when they play, when they've played out in, uh, out in Grande, right, out in Midland Grande Communication Stadium, out there too, and they start making their way out west. Some of the teams that are from, you know, whether it be north or east uh, Texas, and they find themselves out there, south Texas, what have you, really east and nor- really north. But, uh, and they're kind of starting to deal with the elements more in terms of dry heat. They're, they struggle with that a little bit as well. And vice versa, teams from west Texas, uh, El Paso teams, you know, sometimes they got to make that adjustment to the humidity as well. So, all right. So that's going to do it for 4A. We'll move on. 5A, Region 1, Region 2. So uh, Region 1, Memorial Stadium out in Wichita Falls, and what you were just talking about, Rafa. And then Region 2, Standard Stadium out in Carrollton. That is definitely a stadium I am personally not familiar with. That's the, uh, <laughs> the uh, was it Carrollton Farmers Branch ISD? Yeah. Uh, thoughts on this? Well, as far as with the 4A, the cabinets, that, will, that was a 5A last year. Now they like I guess they flip flopped and they, they kind of have like a rotation going there. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that yeah that place is very windy. Very, I've been there. I've I've scouted there. So it's it's interesting. I'm surprised for the one at the Katy one. They don't have that that one at, you know, have it at the Dynamo Stadium. That'd be great yeah. to have there. There. Same thing here with, with here in Region Two. You know, you're in Carrollton. Why don't you just drive to uh, Frisco, Frisco? Have it there at yeah. the FC at, at Toyota uh, Stadium. For FC Dallas, you know they have, or even at the Star, go play yeah. at the Star because there are the Frisco teams do play at the Star for high school soccer game, district games, so that'd have been perfect there. But yeah. yeah, Wichita Falls, I think last year they hosted, I think four A. Now they're doing moved up to five A, so that's also a distance for some of those teams as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's there. even further than mm-hmm. you know uh, than the the conference, the four A you know conference regional for region one i mean wichita falls is basically south oklahoma <laughs> you know yeah. if we're talking you know ge- <laughs> geographics yeah. here so yeah. uh you know it's way up there i'm surprised that one's not you know like i said in abilene or maybe even even in lubbock i think maybe that's more central location for those for that region yeah but yeah. like i said i guess because wichita falls had that history with soccer so they're like i said they're going to give it to them mm-hmm. there. right and then we go ahead. We're going to move on. So we're going to look at 5A Region Three and Region Four. Region Three Turner Stadium in uh, Humble. That is a pretty phenomenal stadium. If you haven't seen it, I think it's I think it's brand new or recently renovated or brand new. I can't remember, but I've seen it. It's pretty phenomenal. And then uh, 5A Region Four Brownsville Sports Park, Brownsville, Texas. Thoughts on these two, gentlemen? That that thing, that one at Brownsville is it's going to be loud. It's going to be crazy if there's a Brownsville team there. I've been there for a few original uh, finals and turn you know, semifinals. Uh, they're not very uptight as some other districts about the crowd noise or, mm-hmm. or noise makers. That some even one some district in my backyard. Um, 
this is I, this is a fun place to have a soccer game because you really have a really lively soccer crowd there. It's a nice it's complex. Like I said, they have a, quite a bunch of fields around too, so mm-hmm. it's it's nice to have that they finally get to host the five A regional there. What do you think about uh, the stadium in Edinburgh though? Maybe hosting it. Uh, H E B Park. That I mean, that would be a nice one too. I mean, you would yeah. think you know, say, hey, you know. Let's, let's let's play in soccer specific stadiums if they're nearby. Why not? You know, I think playing at HEB Park mm-hmm. or even there in Houston and Frisco, you have those soccer. You know, from FC Dallas, why not? I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. we're not playing football. We're playing high school soccer, and it'd be and then I think it brings it brings in more of that you know that soccer atmosphere. Yeah, that, that and atmosphere. I think I think I think that's something that UIL needs to do. But I know it comes down to money. If yep. they can sell out the place, you know, but maybe they need to start kind of reconsider. Hey, you know, we, they can find a way. I mean, they get sponsors, so they can get sponsors for some of these right. to help pay for a lot of this stuff, especially yeah. for the logistics. And Rafa hit you hit on a key piece, Rafa, that and I got to mention it because it goes without it. It should go without saying, but we always have people that are quick to mention, "Hey, what about this place? Let's go play in Jerry World AT and T Stadium," but. So if you want as a community, right? So whether you're obviously beyond a coach and a player, but as a parent, as you know, the student body, as an alum, right? If you're just a soccer person in general, you know, if you want to see these matches, right? These regional matchups, these regional tournaments in larger venues, then show up, right? And it starts over the course of the regular season, right? We have people... (laughs) You know, because of the season of when Texas high school soccer is played, oh no, it's too cold. I don't want. I don't want to go. It's January, February. It's freezing. And then you know, your squad or somebody who you know may be playing in the regional tournament. It's too hot. You know, it's too humid. It's too hot. I don't want to go. It's too wind. You know, it's always something, right? So, uh, and these are just these are the reasons why when you see you look at Texas high school football, you know, being played in AT and T Stadium, you look at. You know, Texas high school basketball being played in the Alamo Dome. You look at uh, Texas high school baseball being played. What is it? Is it Dell Diamond? I think they're still playing it there. Dell Diamond. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to. So go out, support your programs, support your community, uh, support your teams in in the regular season. But of course, yes, I get it. Soccer plays a lot of games over the course of the season. But then in the playoffs, get out there and support because that's what it comes down to. It comes down to money. And if there is a demand for a ton of people that are traveling to go watch these matches, that will that's what leads. That's what gets administrators attention. And that's what leads to the, hey, maybe we need to play this at HEB Park. Maybe we need to play this at uh, Toyota Stadium. Maybe we can play this at Toyota Field. Um, obviously, that takes a lot of coordination as well. But at least they'll, that helps push the envelope. But part of the reason why these are being played in high school stadiums oftentimes are because they, they're not sure if they can anticipate more than, you know, 800 people, 1,000 people. You know, so we as a community, as a Texas high school soccer community, I think have to do our part as well. So, um, so yeah, sorry. The players, the players were, back, so. You know, the players want that, you know, community uh, – to come out and support them. You know, that's why when they go to the store, they're wearing their letterman jacket. You know, they, they want, you know, the, the family to come out and support them, their neighbors to come out. You know, you don't just have to be, um, you know, a parent to come out, you know, bring out the, 
the tias and tios, you know, and, and the, the, the neighbors to, to come out and, you know, support yeah. the community together. So, um, you know, I know a lot of these stadiums, the bleachers might not be the most comfortable go out and get, you know, a, a stadium chair. I always take my stadium chair, you know, to, to, you know, sit out there and, and, um, but yeah, no, it's just, um, I'm still you know, waiting for that stadium, uh, that stadium recliner, man. I'm waiting for one of those. You know, so. And we'd be falling asleep. We'd end up sunburned. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But, so uh, that's the, yeah. but yeah, let's go ahead. Let's move, <laughs> let's move on to 6A here. Uh, all right. So region one, region two for uh, classification 6A, McKinney ISD Stadium, which is a beautiful stadium, phenomenal stadium uh, in the, out in McKinney. And uh, hosted by McKinney ISD, and then Region Two Kelly Reeves Athletic Complex, uh, which I have not. Rough, I think you've been here, right? Mm-hmm. I've been there. Hosted by uh, Runlock Run Quarter ISD. One, right? When yeah, Porter that's where Porter knocked off Capel when Capel yeah. was number one or two in the nation. Yeah. So the uh, yeah the state tournament used to be held there, and yeah, and, uh, I used to go there when it first. Um, I think that was the transition between the old Georgetown Stadium and the new Georgetown the Stadium. Field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, do you, recall, no, do you recall how long it was hosted there? Four or five Three, years, yeah, four or five years. Because then, once they that, built Birken, Birkenbach Stadium, then they switched over. This but was then probably this became the original the middle 2000s, probably something like it was old, like old four, four to, seven or eight. to 07, something yeah. like that. Um, yeah, so, uh, it's a, it's a good stadium, um, you know, plenty of parking. Uh, you know, that's another thing that, you know, you want when you go to a stadium to have, you know, uh, ideal parking situation. You don't want something right off of a, a highway, uh, you know, that's going to you know, be hard to get to this or, you know, so. But, yeah, no, this is a Kelly Reeves is a good stadium. But, man, it, it really makes me want to start traveling more to some of these regionals, you know, because yeah, I used yeah. to like going to uh this region two uh, regional uh, a few years back um, uh, just seeing some more teams rather than just, you know, the region four teams that I'm used to seeing. So um, who knows, maybe I've got the uh, April 7th day off. So I might go up to Kelly Reeves again. We'll see. There you go. Yeah. We might have to cover it together. Yeah. That's a place I'd like to go. I just, I just have, I have not had a chance, the opportunity to go to that. It's a nice stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I wish the the one that, like I said, I don't know McKinney ISC seems nice, but I mean, you can put, literally put that regional, the region one tournament at, at, at Globe Park where the Arlington mm-hmm. Renegades played at. I mean, they've had some high school football games there. Play, why don't you play a high school soccer uh, st- state tournament there? It's natural grass, plenty of parking there, plenty of seats. Yeah. I think it's a better environment. So, I mean, that's something that maybe they need to start. Really, UIL really needs to start looking. Hey, you know, let's make it more towards the sport of soccer. You know, yeah, you know, good, have yeah, that good, atmos- good, atmosphere. Uh, but good, good luck, good luck with that one. Yeah, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Don't please don't get me started. But yeah, I mean, for what it's worth, I mean, as a, as a facility, McKinney ISD. I mean, I think part of the reason why when they plan when they do plan this, a lot of the reason why they do prefer turf is simply for the reliability of getting in the game, right? Because barring barring lightning and barring standing water right um the game is going to be played so that's i know and, and it's hit or miss in terms of the grass uh, yeah but, there was uh, one year in the early 2000s when when it, i believe is when reagan won their first title with that was my first year coaching oh. i was there it, ra- it rained 
when they won. Yeah, the, the grass field there at Georgetown was all flooded, and they actually they didn't play the final between um, Brenham and and Brazo Lopez, which they ended up playing the week later in Corpus, mm-hmm. and 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 Lopez ended up upsetting uh, uh Brennan. Brennan was like beating the crap out of everybody. Yeah, and then they got surprised well, by Lopez. They were defending. They were like defending state champs or at that time or something like that. But I think well, Reagan, they, hadn't, they hadn't won state. They hadn't won state yet. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I think right, Reagan so, knocked off yeah. Carrollton Creek View or something like that um, at the old Georgetown Stadium, where which was a grass field. And um, yeah, you're right, Hector. Like you know, when it rained, it flooded, and there was all sorts mm-hmm. of delays and this yeah. and that. Not just because of the lightning, but also the yeah. field being too sloppy to play on. Yeah, I mean, you saw this year on the on the TAPS, right? The TAPS finals, right? The state tournament. You saw it this year playing at Round Rock, uh, mm-hmm. playing on a natural surface. And yeah. then they had to they had to change locations for one state uh, semifinal. And then they had to also bump up, I believe, their um, their final, their time for a couple of their finals to try to beat weather for that reason. So it, it, it is a factor. So I, I understand the turf piece from an administrative perspective, because you want to make sure you want to stay on the schedule. But by the time you get to this point in the season, you want to stay on schedule, obviously, because there's so, so many logistical factors, obviously. Yeah. And that was a perfect location for the taps final because you don't have, uh, you know, that many fans as you would a six, a, you know, maybe even a five, a team. So that stadium, is a good location for for taps. Yeah. It was just a right yeah. amount of seating for for the taps um, state title. But, what does uh, that seat? What would you say that seats the rum, the Round Rock Multipurpose Complex? What would you say that seats? Four, five, six, four, five hundred. Like yeah. not not that many. Then they actually put uh, like manual little like bleachers that you see like at a CYO or a little league game. Mm-hmm. They put about three or four of those on the side of the, the bleachers that were built into the complex. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, but that being said, there's a lot of fields there, but the final that where they host, there's not that much seating. So for instance, I was at the central Catholic Preston Wood uh, final and um, some of the central uh, fans, including myself had to sit on the Preston Wood side because there wasn't that much uh, seating and you know uh, Prestonwood didn't have that many players so they didn't have that many fans there you know whereas Central had 20 something players so they had a lot more fans so it took over you know the then they had like a uh, a string or something to try to divide the fans up but you know the Central fans did wind up sitting on the Prestonwood side um, a little bit so yeah uh, it doesn't see yeah. that much, though, to answer your question. Right. Okay. So we'll go ahead. We'll we'll wrap up. We'll look at the final two regions in in the final classification and six A, uh, region three Ab Abshire. I'm assuming that's how you pronounce that. Uh, Abshire Stadium in Deer Park, hosted by Deer Park ISD, and then a place we're all familiar with in uh, Comalander Stadium, hosted by Annie ISD Northeast ISD, here in San Antonio. Uh, Anybody been out to Abshire? Deer Park? No, I've, and that and that's been a uh, a host for a while. I've seen yeah Deer Park hosted um, 
has hosted, you know, whether it's 4A, 5A, or 6A, or even back when there was only 5A and 4A, they've hosted for a while. And I've seen that Abshire Stadium, you know, as host for Region 3, you know, many times. Um, Region 4, Comalander, basically a football stadium. I, I wish they would go back to, you know, Blossom, which is a grass field specific for soccer. But, um, you know, uh, I, to me, that's where Region 4, you know, the, the roots were. And I, I wish that they would, you know, uh, continue with that at mm-hmm. over at Blossom, which is right next door to Comalander, pretty much. Yeah. The, you know, the, it's a better atmosphere there. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think the yeah. last time they played it there was, wasn't it the year that on the girls' side, McAllen won, Rafa? I think that's the last time they hosted it, had it at Blossom. I think so, right? yeah. Yeah. That, at least that's when the last, I last remember it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the you know the what what I'm thinking about I, I hadn't seen anything and I don't and they obviously they haven't updated it here so I'm assuming it's good to go is Deer Park you know Deer Park was a couple of months ago was affected by those uh, those tornadoes in that area right mm-hmm. so hopefully no significant damage here to to Abshire Stadium because I did see photos where Deer Park you know Deer Park uh, High School their program was affected um, yeah. not sure about across the ISD but uh, might, might be the same stadium I'm not sure. Uh, but I hadn't seen nothing's been updated here and they haven't made alternative uh, alternative notifications as far as if region three, six, a regional tournament site is going to be played somewhere else. So I guess more to come on that if, if that does change, I guess. So, but yep, that is going to do it gentlemen. Um, that's going to do it. So obviously we went over game balls today, our team sticker awards, Rafa's uh, RPI and Steve, let them have it one more time as always. Right. Uh, very grateful for uh, coach, uh, coach Daryl Knight from the headman soccer coach of uh, the Leander Rouse Raiders joining us uh, tonight as well. Uh, gave us some good info, gave us some great stuff, great insight. And uh, <clears throat> his second time already on the podcast. So pretty awesome stuff. Um, so before we go, uh, a couple things, a couple of reminders. So the, our state playoff overview, um, kind of thoughts on any teams, teams, matchups, potential matchups that have you all, uh, kind of excited or ready to prepare for. I know we hit on a lot of it in the RPI, obviously, so we don't have to dive into it as much now, but across all the classifications from 4A to 6A, you know, women, you know, girls and boys side uh, thoughts on uh, just kind of overview as we start getting ready for the state playoffs. Well, one thing I did I hear about complaints about, well, these teams shouldn't be playing against each other. You know, all the good teams are getting knocked off, blah, 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 in the first round, second round. But when you come to the playoffs, you're, you know, you it's like we're like Rick, Rick Flair says, you need to be the man. You got to beat the man. You got to beat team quality teams to get to the Ooh. final. <laughs> so if you if you want to be the best, you want to have that trophy in Georgetown, you have to knock off some teams. So and it and, and you know sometimes some you know big matchups are sacrificed early on in the playoffs. That's just the way it is, you know. And that's something like so a team when your team has to know in order for you to get to the state title, you're gonna have to be very you know, good quality teams. There are no no cupcakes on on, on here. A four seed could be a beat a beat a one seed win, and we've mm-hmm. seen that in the past couple of years. So, that's that's what I'm looking for. Is 
with these matchups, you know, could we, I think we're going to see some four seeds knock off some one seeds, you know, yeah. you know, Mark, or Mark, some districts. Uh, yeah, mark my words. I know I can tell you for a fact. I think region four and region one, we are going to see some fours that knock off a one seed. I, you know, regardless of classification, I, I we're going to see that happen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For me, uh, just a couple of teams that stand out on the boys' side, 6A is Duncanville Boys, is a team to, to look out for in region two. You know, they put a solid season together. Um, and then uh, Brownsville Rivetta in uh, Region Four. You know, watch out for for those two teams on on the boys' side. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I got. Yeah, yeah they, they could face they could face Harlan in that I think in that mm. second round game, which is gonna that's gonna be a dynamite game. I yeah. mean, hopefully, I know I know that game is on the Bobby on the Tuesday night, so they're either gonna play in Laredo or Corpus, but just to see you know. You know, you're gonna see matchups like that, and that's and that's, and that's what's all about. Like even in Region One, like for for a uh, a team that's still under the radar, wasn't the St. Elliot doesn't get talked a lot. Of, could they be all the right. ones that knock off Domin Hill Jarvis? You know, yeah. St. Elliot still is the standard up there for Region One. Domin Hill's now in their region. That could be a collision course. In, you know, in, yeah. in round three or four. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna have a say. You know, Max Sappenfield out at St. Elliot. He's they're just. I mean, they're they're one of those. They're they're kind of a machine, you know. They're just they're well disciplined, well coached, and they're just they're very familiar with how to manage. That this is why we call it the second season, right? Because this is where your not I don't want to call them your pretenders, but maybe the ones that just lack the the pedigree and the experience, the years of experience, uh, not just the players but also the coaches, right? Because what what we find and we always say this is, and as we dive further and further into the uh, the state playoffs is this is where coaching starts to matter when when you have two identical teams body of work very similar whether it's style of play record their strength of schedule their strength of their district and they're very similar but then the coaching shows up right maybe late in the game in a tight match adjustments what is what is done or oftentimes what is not done right uh, or, or maybe a, a team that just tightens up, right? Because they're not, they're not used to that pressure. Or maybe it's a very strong team with a great record, but they haven't. They've been largely unchallenged the entire year in their district, right? So this is where not all records, not all districts are equal. So at some point, and and that kind of great, great denominator along the way becomes somewhere along the way becomes coaching, right? So, uh, so yeah. Steve, thoughts? Yeah, no. Uh, that being said, I do want to bring up something. I mean, we're getting into, you know, crunch time here with the playoffs and all of that. I was at a match last Friday where, uh, you know, and, and we've discussed this before about the referees, uh, you know, our fans versus referees, giving the referees a little bit of a hard time. And, you know, just, you know, kudos to the referee who actually stopped the game that I was at and, asked that parent who kept kind of heckling him to be escorted from the stadium. So, mm -hmm. you know, uh, just watch what you say to them. I mean, they have lives as well. They've, they've you know, got to go home. They're actually there for your, your children to, uh, you know, keep these games, uh, you know, safe. And that's what they're there for, you know, to keep the kids safe. Um, they're going to make mistakes, you know, uh, along the way. Uh, we don't have, uh, 
you know, VAR, <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> so, uh, but just realize that they are human. I mean, you kind of have to ask your question, hey, am I perfect? Have I ever not made a mistake before? No, I mean, they're doing the best that they can. So, you know, yeah. just be mindful of that going into these matches. And I know there's a lot of emotion going into these matches, you know, uh, uh, you know, you got your senior class and this and that. And so, uh, you know, you want them to go out, you know, and be as successful as possible. But, you know, just really these referees are, are out there for your kids. You got to realize that. So, um, but that's pretty much all I got on, yeah. on that. Good. Um, quick reminder, really quick, before before I forget. Uh, so just a reminder that, uh, just a quick announcement, the next episode of not, uh, not Inside Texas High School Soccer, we'll get to that in a minute, but Next episode of the 5050 podcast will come to you tomorrow, episode 79, I believe it is. It'll, it'll be Eric Bell, the head women's soccer coach of the TCU Horn Frogs. So, very excited to have him on, get his insight on all things in terms of their spring and getting ready. Coming off of a great fall season, you know, they're kind of going, working their way through their spring season and preparing for next fall. So, just that is a a top 10, top 10 program in the country right now. So very excited to have them on. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure I know coach Bell's going to kind of bring, bring that energy. So we're excited for that one. Again, that'll be tomorrow, Thursday, March 16th, 7 PM central time. So look forward to that one. Hopefully you all can join us. Uh, and, uh, any questions or comments that you want to share on that for coach Bell, definitely always greatly appreciated. So, um, so before we uh, before we get ready to transition here, so next episode of Texas High School Soccer, I know Rafa and I, we will be announcing that soon. We're probably going to look in there maybe somewhere after the, either it'll it'll most likely be after the by district or the area round, one one or the other. Uh, we just have to coordinate schedules there, and uh, so that's down the road. But the next thing we got going on uh, next Wednesday, March twenty second, Rafa, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so now we have our our third annual tradition, the the live uh, maybe six hour. Remember <laughs> break the record, uh, bracketology, uh, which is hosted by like I said by Fifty Fifty Podcast and ourselves at the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. Uh, sh should be fun. Uh, it's gonna be more fun now. We have Steve on to kind of go over the brackets. Um, I know we had a lot some guests last year. Hopefully, we'll have some guests this year again as well. And then just talk about who we, you know, the, the favorites, who we think was going to get to Georgetown. And the, it's great debates, you know, it's about, the, you know, for these teams and make sure to tune in. Like I said, if, for those that follow us on, like I said, on, on San Antonio Roundtable and also on 5050 Podcast. So mark your calendars uh, for March 22nd. Uh, we'll be posting the date, actually, actually the time, uh, but it will be on YouTube, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch. Mm -hmm. So you have four platforms that you can watch. I know some of you guys, uh, some of the players will be at, at school. So sneak away during athletics or during lunch with your cell phone to watch, tune in, and hey, send us questions too, whether you like our picks or not. But we're looking forward to it. It's always fun. Like I said, having, now having like I said, with, with Steve and with Coach Cano, and then also yeah. with Harry, who our our, our co-host there for you know for that. So it'll be it's gonna it's, it's gonna be exciting. So yeah. Well, and what will be different this year is very – what I'm excited about is 
it'll be a very, very different format this year is we'll be coming live. We're all going to be, for some reason, we all got it in our heads that putting us all together is going to be a good idea, right? So, uh, so Steve's going to be hosting. We'll be coming to you live uh, from his, uh, his, his studio, right? And uh, so, yeah, so it should be lots of fun. Uh, we're trying, we're trying something different, trying to expand. And as Rafa said, kind of growing, growing the tradition. Year one was uh, when we were kind of still figuring out what we were doing. And I was just a guest, uh, guest, the last minute guest, <laughs> guest co-host, I guess, if you will, uh, two years ago. And it went, uh, what, three, three hours. Three and hours. The second year, last year, we said, hey, you know what, let's see if we can streamline this, make it a little bit better, make it more efficient. And all of that went right out the window, probably in the first 30 minutes, as uh, it ended up being six hours. But but I will say this, even though we doubled the time, it was it was very well done in terms of it was just very, just very what's going to make it different is we're not going to just go through a bracket and that's it. It's going to it's going to involve some analysis. It's going to involve some some talking points and breakdowns of, of matchups as well. So, um, so yeah, I think it's, that's what part of the reason. And if we have some guests too, that'll obviously extend the show as well. So, but definitely excited, uh, definitely excited for that as well. So thoughts. Well, on, as, thoughts my on wife, that? Uh, as my wife says, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a rambler and when I'm speaking sometimes, so I think I'm good for extending it an extra hour just on my own, you know, <laughs> chatting, oh, wow. so. It might be seven. No, we're, we, we'll try to, you know, you know, keep it as fun and, and exciting and, you know, but also moving, you know, through the brackets because you got to realize that we're doing, uh, you know, three cl classifications for two genders. So, you know, it's six, six tournaments of 130 something teams for, you know, each tournament. So, you know, we'll try to make it, you know, uh, very analytical as well you know i think harry did a phenomenal job you yeah. know putting yeah. the all of the brackets together and not only that but you will also see the record district record of course the seed you know the district that they come from um so hats off to harry for mm -hmm. you know putting all of that uh together on his own i know i've kind of uh dove in there a little bit to to see what what he's done but you know if you want an idea of uh what it's going to look like if y'all haven't seen this before you know go on to youtube for you know the san antonio roundtable um and and you can pull up last year's episode the uh the six the six hour episode uh or yeah. the year before you know Rafa and Harry did a, a good job, you know, with those two years of doing that, as well as, uh, you know, Hector jumping in there uh, last year. So uh, I'm excited about it and, and, and you know, looking forward to it. Who knows? I mean, my eyes might be cross-eyed by the end of the night. And, <laughs> but uh, well, That's a but, red yeah. bull. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, there, might, but, uh, there might be uh, some, some meat involved as well, so. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, anytime you start rambling, Steve, we'll just send you to the grill. Okay. We'll just kick yeah. you out and send you to the grill. So, yeah. um, but yeah, I think, uh, yeah, that's a great point, Steve, too, that you're talking about as far as if you want to see what it looks like, go to last year's episode. So also if you're struggling to get at least five or six hours of sleep, also go watch last year's episode. Cause it'll, <laughs> it'll help with that too. Cause it was, there were times in there where, yeah, I think, uh, 
I think Rafa and I, I know me for sure. I kind of had the thousand yards there at certain at some at certain well, point. Debate there. some yeah. some 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 of the games because we were really yeah because they were like that, that real tight. But like I said, yeah. you know this is like you know this is it's a fun. The only live bracketology for Texas high school scholarship mentioned that too. You know, for, there you go. So that's go. so that's so so we like like to have participation, like I said, from not only the coaches and the players and parents. You know, send your comments. You know, you know, watches. Who do you think? Who do you think is going to win up some of the matches? Like I just saw Brandon right now. I see some maybe uh, maybe some some possible upsets from those games. Yeah, uh, never, yeah. Shout know. out, shout out there to Brandon McCallum. There just. Providing some six uh, A, some six six A versus some five six A matchups here. Play yeah, these are some pretty some phenomenal matchups. Very yeah. very good matchups. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. so so am I going to be the uh, dividing you know factor on some of these matches? I might <laughs> be uh, maybe maybe no, but Ra- what Rafael will do? What Rafael take credit right? If you if you break, but it goes towards him, he'll just he'll if not he'll blame it on you. So yeah, so. That's hey, I got 78 percent of the taps right. So we did, did that. Yeah. We did we, yeah, the first couple rounds. We did, yeah. we did the we yeah did. the we dipped our we toe did. in the taps bracketology. Yeah. That went well for me yeah, and Harry. That was our first yeah. time. So <laughs> yeah, so we're so, sharing the love. Yeah, great stuff as always. So now a couple of a couple of last things. So Steve, you may not be with us for maybe a couple of episodes here. I know you have something coming up in the works in the next two weeks. Tell us uh, if you can, particularly for our San Antonio-based listeners, uh, tell us a little bit about that because it's a really awesome thing in terms of what you're doing. So the barbecue, uh, the Mike Taylor cook-off that we're doing in um, at the end of this month, so March thirty first. April first, isn't it? Isn't it April first? So it's actually yeah. So it's April first. Yeah, you do work ahead of time, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know. Um, prep and, and cooking the night before but yeah april 1st over at uh, around woodlawn lake area uh the peacock center so it's a uh, boys and you know, girls club uh, right is it i think boys and girls club yeah salvation army out there that yeah. um you know supports the, the like the salvation army and all of that so it's a barbecue competition that i have done this will be the third year now it's usually in june yeah, it's usually in June, and they decided to move it to a cooler time of the year. Uh, so they moved it down to April, which is right on the cusp of regional uh, quarterfinals, you know, weekend. So, <clears throat> you know, I may miss a game here or there, but, uh, you know, with that. But, no, it's a really good, um, you know, event that uh, is is uh, done here in San Antonio. And Mike Taylor, he's a radio host here in san antonio sports talk radio he he hosts it and um yeah it's just for a very good cause Uh, i don't do barbecue competitions this is the only one that i do annually and i've got a a good team that i put together the first year that i did that was a couple years ago we came out second and you know, the brisket category. So that was pretty cool. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, more to come on that. And I appreciate the, uh, you know, the plug there, Hector, you know, for that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's for a great cause, you know, in terms of Salvation mm-hmm. Army and cooking, cooking for the kids, as they say, cooking right? For the so, kids. Yeah. So yeah. I think last year we raised enough money to um, do the flooring there at the gym that they have there at the Peacock Center. So, um, you know, they, they, raised a lot of money last year which is fantastic you know some of these kids they go to school and they 
that's pretty much the only when they go to school that's the only meal that they get mm -hmm. so yeah, uh, yeah. It, which is extremely unfortunate you know yeah. but um that that's kind of the uh the, the gist of it is trying to right. raise the money for the kid the kiddos absolutely absolutely so um so yeah i mean that's that's really going to do it so stoppage time so i know steve you've shared that obviously but i led you into that one but also the referee yeah. i don't know if the referee was your stoppage time thoughts but any we're going to go ahead and move on to stoppage time for final yeah. just thoughts messages thank you shout yeah. out anything on your mind what do you got yeah so i i just a couple it's very personal for me my brother um uh he, he just uh got his first house he lives up in oklahoma so you know congratulations nice. to him nice. and uh you know a shout out to my brother little brother eric um and then my sister and her um uh her husband ernest my sister celeste and her husband ernest had their third baby another girl uh sadie quinn she was born on on march the 5th so i became an uncle for the fifth time and uh you know so congratulations to them um yeah there you go all yeah. right awesome. so uh very very uh special addition to the family so there you go congratulations we're, we're already in love thank you there you go so what you're saying is maybe uh 2020 2024 bracketology could be coming from uh from oklahoma we'll take texas high school soccer on the road up to oklahoma on yeah. the road right yeah maybe, yeah maybe. up there in uh you know uh, wichita falls area <laughs> no <laughs> no yeah no <laughs> good yeah. we'll see how this, let's see how this year goes <laughs> i know i know right right Rafa? uh just my final thoughts um uh tune in tomorrow we'll be uh san antonio soccer roundtable will be live with the final rpis for the san antonio area so we'll be unveiling, me and Harry will be unveiling those and also a little preview of, of what, what possible, kind of give you a little taste of the possible matchups uh, or an overview of some of the games we had this week. And then also talk more and more about the bracketology. So just tune in on that. And then also okay. Sunday, I think we'll have the fan cast. I know SAFC is playing Sunday. Classic was also Sunday. So I'm going to have yeah. to have one of those dual t TVs uh, watching, but also congrats to the SAFC because we're on a big win on 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 saturday so kudos more to yeah. more to come for this season yeah great stuff awesome and uh, mine is kind of a re-attack from earlier i talked about uh you want if you want bigger venues or better venues whatever you want to call it right soccer specific venues for the texas high school state playoffs particularly for the uh, the regional tournament <clears throat> and state tournament show up you know um show up support your Support your programs, support your schools, and uh, you got to show up in numbers. and And I get it. Oftentimes, the playoff matches, especially when you're getting to the earlier round, the early rounds, right? Your your area, your by district area regional quarterfinals, they're often played in the middle of the day. Oftentimes, just because of travel. So, excuse me. So I get it. But uh, all that said, is you know, if you're in the community in the area, go out there, go go pay for a ticket, go show up go watch cheer and uh, have a good time but support texas high school soccer the community needs you but if we want to again have better or bigger venues soccer specific venues we got to show up administrators have to take at the state level we're talking state level here uil they have to take notice that our numbers our audiences are growing that we're putting more people in the stands okay so um and if you're an administrator at a school you know 
try to get behind your student, your student body, get going out there and supporting their schools, right? Taking out, if you can take a bus out there, I know a lot of schools like to do that. Um, any opportunity you can, it's pretty special to be playing, especially <clears throat> to be playing end of March, start of April. It's pretty special to be playing. So, um, yeah. And like one of the games that Rafa and I covered, uh, Lee and, uh, Reagan, you know, they got the band out there, you know, which was the drum line. Yeah. They, they did the drum line out there and, and, um, you know, we were commentating, it made it a little difficult, but, you know, that being said, it was pretty cool to see them out there supporting their, you know, their team, yeah. you know, bring the cheerleaders out and the cheerleaders don't, you know, just have to be there for, for the boys games. They can be there mm -hmm. for the girls games as well, you know, try to, you know, get that community feeling in there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then again, as we mentioned, just uh, looking forward to it. You're we're gonna you're gonna be seeing daily plugs from us as far as bracketology, Texas high school soccer bracketology. Spread uh, the word. We'll be here next Wednesday, live and in person, all of us. So that could go. It's gonna either be phenomenal or a dumpster fire, one or the other. But we're excited <laughs> either way. Rafa seems to think that we're gonna go nine hours this time. I hope not because <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm lean if that's the case. <laughs> I don't know if my wife would approve of that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Uh, but yeah, so very, very excited, you know, as, as we wrap up the regular season and inside Texas high school soccer, thank you to both of you. Uh, really appreciate everything that you've been doing in support, Steve, having you part of the, having you part of the team as well. And then everybody that's been supporting the podcast in general and this spinoff series, this spinoff show specifically as well inside Texas high school soccer. Thank you to all of you. Thank you. If at any point you've, you know, you've chimed in, made comments, asked questions. Thank you for your support. And today, you know, thank you to who is it? Lala, Lala C, A to Z Sports Media, Brandon McCallum, who dropped some great stuff on us and Miss Amber Harris as well. So thank you for your support. Thank you to everybody. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's going to do it for this one. Again, we'll be coming to you tomorrow, tomorrow, 7 p.m. Uh, Central Time with Coach Eric Bell, the head women's soccer coach from uh, TCU, the TCU Horn Frogs. So thank you to everybody. Again, you can find us social media on Twitter, um, on Twitter and Twitch at 50 underscore 50 pod on Instagram at 50 underscore 50 podcast. And then you can also go on, uh, on YouTube, go on there, subscribe, sign up for notifications so you can get the live notifications. You can find us at the 50 underscore 50 podcast. So thank you again, everybody. Always appreciate you all. And until the next time, you know what to do. Keep downloading and keep listening. You've been listening to the 5050 podcast powered by College Promoters USA. Help us continue to grow by liking, rating, and subscribing on all major podcast platforms. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at 50 underscore 50 pod, on Instagram at 50 underscore 50 podcast, as well as on YouTube at the 50 underscore 50 podcast. Until the next time, keep downloading and keep listening.